0: Well, we've made Friday,
1: and the Republicans have voted, and cloture has been declared. 51-49 was the vote. Murkowski voted no, and uh, Manchin voted yes. So that made it 51-49. Heidkamp is going to vote against Trump, which, which tells me, we were talking about this yesterday uh, with Jr. tells me she knows she's beat in North Dakota. She's resigned to her fate, essentially. Yep, she really is. I mean it's, she's down fifteen points now. Wow. I bet by twenty before you I'm just telling you, the the Democrats did not figure in how much they were going to wake up the Republicans and center right independents by acting the way they have about this Kavanaugh vote.
2: Um, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh this morning, and he had some very interesting things to say from, um what's her name, Selena Zito. She was the one who's been following around a lot of the blue, flip red state yeah. uh, voters to find out. And she brought up something that I never really thought about was that um, a lot of voters, they vote for the presidential elections, but there's this kind of waning period, even when things are good, where they're not that enthused to go out and vote during the midterms. And she's been keeping track with them. For the last two years, and they said that this is the thing that's going to get them to vote. Yeah, I, I think that,
1: right. All uh, right, Collins is now at her desk speaking. Are we able to bring her up?
3: There
1: you go. Here you go. Here's Susan Collins of Maine.
3: It looks more like a caricature of a gutter level political campaign than a solemn occasion. The president nominated Brett Kavanaugh. On July 9th, within moments of that announcement, special interest groups raced to be the first to oppose him, including one organization that didn't even bother to fill in the judge's name on its pre-written press release. They simply wrote that they opposed Donald Trump's nomination of XX to the Supreme Court of the United States. A number of senators joined the race to announce their opposition, but they were beaten to the punch by one of our colleagues who actually announced opposition before the nominee's identity was even known. Since that time, we have seen special interest groups whip their followers into a frenzy by spreading misrepresentations and outright falsehoods about Judge Kavanaugh's judicial record. Over-the-top rhetoric and distortions of his record and testimony at his first hearing produced short-lived headlines, which, although debunked hours later, continued to live on and be spread through social media. Interest groups have also spent an unprecedented amount of dark money opposing this nomination. Our Supreme Court confirmation process has been in steady decline for more than 30 years. One can only hope that the Kavanaugh nomination is where the process has finally hit rock bottom. Against this backdrop, it is up to each individual senator to decide what the Constitution's advice and consent duty means. Informed by Alexander Hamilton's Federalist 76, I have interpreted this to mean that the President has broad discretion to consider a nominee's philosophy, whereas my duty as a senator is to focus on the nominee's qualifications as long as that nominee's philosophy is within the mainstream of judicial thought. I have always opposed litmus tests for judicial nominees with respect to their personal views or politics, but I fully expect them to be able to put aside any and all personal preferences in deciding the cases that come before them. I've never considered the president's identity or party when evaluating Supreme Court nominations. As a result, I voted in favor of Justices Roberts and Alito, who were nominated by President Bush, Justices Sotomayor and Kagan, who were nominated by President Obama, and Justice Gorsuch, who was nominated by President Trump. So I began my evaluation of Judge Kavanaugh's nomination by reviewing his 12-year record on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, including his more than 300 opinions and his many speeches and law review articles. Nineteen attorneys, including lawyers from the nonpartisan Congressional Research Service, briefed me many times each week and assisted me in evaluating the judge's extensive record. I met with Judge Kavanaugh for more than two hours in my office. I listened carefully to the testimony at the committee hearings. I spoke with people who knew him personally, such as Condoleezza Rice and many others. And I talked with Judge Kavanaugh a second time by phone for another hour to ask him very specific additional questions. I also have met with thousands of my constituents, both advocates and many opponents, regarding Judge Kavanaugh. One concern that I frequently heard was that the judge would be likely to eliminate the Affordable Care Act's vital protections for people with preexisting conditions. I disagree with this contention. In a dissent in Seven Sky Beholder, Judge Kavanaugh rejected a challenge to the ACA on narrow procedural grounds, preserving the law in full. Many experts have said that his dissent informed Justice Roberts' opinion upholding the ACA at the Supreme Court. Furthermore, Judge Kavanaugh's approach toward the doctrine of severability is narrow. When a part of a statute is challenged on constitutional grounds, he has argued for severing the invalid clause as surgically as possible while allowing the overall law to remain intact. This was his approach in his dissent in a case that involved a challenge to the structure of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. In his dissent, Judge Kavanaugh argued for, quote, severing any problematic portions while leaving the remainder intact, end quote. Given the current challenges to the ACA, proponents, including myself, of protections for people with pre existing conditions should want a justice who would take just this kind of approach. Another assertion that I've heard often is that Judge Kavanaugh cannot be trusted if a case involving alleged wrongdoing by the President were to come before the court. The basis for this argument seems to be twofold. First, Judge Kavanaugh has written that he believes that Congress should enact legislation to protect presidents from criminal prosecution or civil liability while in office. Mr. President, I believe opponents missed the mark on this issue. The fact that Judge Kavanaugh offered this legislative proposal suggests that he believes that the president does not have such protection currently. Second, there are some who argue that given the current special counsel investigation, President Trump should not even be allowed to nominate a justice. That argument ignores our recent history. President Clinton in 1993 nominated Justice Ginsburg after the Whitewater investigation was already underway. And she was confirmed 96 to 3. The next year, just three months after independent counsel Robert Fisk was named to lead the Whitewater investigation, President Clinton nominated Justice Breyer. He was confirmed 87 to 9. Supreme Court justices have not hesitated to rule against the presidents who have nominated them. Perhaps most notably in the United States versus Nixon, three Nixon appointees who heard the case joined the unanimous opinion against him. Judge Kavanaugh has been unequivocal in his belief that no president is above the law. He has stated that Marbury versus Madison, Youngstown Steel versus Sawyer, and the United States versus Nixon are three of the four greatest Supreme Court cases in history. What do they have in common? Each of them is a case where Congress served as a check on presidential power. And I would note that the fourth case. That Judge Kavanaugh has pointed to as the greatest in history was Brown versus the Board of Education. One Kavanaugh decision illustrates the point about the check on presidential power directly. He wrote the opinion in Hamdan versus the United States, a case that challenges the Bush administration's Military Commission prosecution of an associate of Osama bin Laden. This conviction was very important to the Bush administration, but Judge Kavanaugh, who had been appointed to the D.C. Circuit by President Bush and had worked in President Bush's White House, ruled that the conviction was unlawful. As he explained during the hearing, quote, We don't make decisions based on who people are or their policy preferences or the moment. We base decisions on the law." Others I've met with have expressed concerns that Justice Kennedy's retirement threatens the right of same-sex couples to marry. Yet Judge Kavanaugh described the Obergefell decision which legalized same-gender marriages as an important landmark precedent. He also cited Justice Kennedy's recent Masterpiece Cake Shop opinion for the court's majority, stating that, quote, "...the days of treating gay and lesbian Americans or gay and lesbian couples as second-class citizens who are inferior in dignity and worth are over in the Supreme Court, end quote. Others have suggested that the judge holds extreme views on birth control. In one case, Judge Kavanaugh incurred the disfavor of both sides of the political spectrum for seeking to ensure the availability of contraceptive services for women while minimizing the involvement of employers with religious objections. Although his critics frequently overlook this point, Judge Kavanaugh's dissent rejected arguments that the government did not have a compelling interest in facilitating access to contraception. In fact, he wrote that the Supreme Court precedent strongly suggested that there was a compelling interest in facilitating access to birth control. There has also been considerable focus on the future of abortion rights based on the concern that Judge Kavanaugh would seek to overturn Roe v. Wade. Protecting this right is important to me. To my knowledge, Judge Kavanaugh is the first Supreme Court nominee to express the view that precedent is not merely a practice and tradition, but rooted in Article Three of our Constitution itself. He believes that precedent is not just a judicial policy. It is constitutionally dictated to pay attention and pay heed to rules of precedent. In other words, precedent isn't a goal or an aspiration. It is a constitutional tenet that has to be followed except in the most extraordinary circumstances. The judge further explained that precedent provides stability, predictability, reliance, and fairness. There are, of course, rare and extraordinary times Where the Supreme Court would rightly overturn a precedent. The most famous example was when the Supreme Court in Brown versus the Board of Education overruled Plessy versus Ferguson, correcting a grievously wrong decision to use the judge's term, allowing racial inequality. But someone who believes, that the importance of precedent has been rooted in the Constitution would follow long-established precedent, except in those rare circumstances where a decision is grievously wrong or deeply inconsistent with the law. Those are Judge Kavanaugh's phrases. As the judge asserted to me, a long-established precedent is not something to be trimmed, narrowed, discarded, or overlooked. Its roots in the Constitution give the concept of starry, decisis greater weight, such that the precedent can't be trimmed or narrowed simply because a judge might want to on a whim. In short, his views on honoring precedent would preclude attempts to do by stealth that which one has committed not to do overtly. Noting that Roe v. Wade was decided 40 years, 45 years ago and reaffirmed 19 years later in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, I asked Judge Kavanaugh whether the passage of time is relevant to following precedent. He said decisions become part of our legal framework with the passage of time, and that honoring precedent is essential to maintaining public confidence. Our discussion then turned to the right of privacy, on which the Supreme Court relied in Griswold versus Connecticut, a case that struck down a law banning the use and sale of contraceptions. Griswold established the legal foundation that led to Roe eight years later. In describing Griswold as settled law, Judge Kavanaugh observed that it was the correct application of two famous cases from the 1920s, Meyer and Pierce, that are not seriously challenged by anyone today. Finally, in his testimony, he noted repeatedly that Roe had been upheld by Planned Parenthood versus Casey, describing it as precedent on precedent. When I asked him, would it be sufficient to overturn a long-established precedent if five current justices believed that it was wrongly decided, he emphatically said no. Opponents frequently cite then-candidate Donald Trump's campaign pledge to nominate only judges who would overturn Roe. The Republican platform for all presidential campaigns has included this pledge since at least 1980. During this time, Presidents, Republican presidents, have appointed Justices O'Connor, Souter, and Kennedy to the Supreme Court. These are the very three justices, Republican, President, appointed justices, who authored the Casey decision which reaffirmed Roe. Furthermore, pro-choice groups vigorously opposed each of these justices' nominations. Incredibly, they even circulated buttons with the slogan, Stop Souter, or Women Will Die. Just two years later, Justice Souter co-authored the Casey opinion, reaffirming a woman's right to choose. Suffice it to say, Prominent advocacy organizations have been wrong. These same interest groups have speculated that Judge Kavanaugh was selected to do the bidding of conservative ideologues, despite his record of judicial independence. I asked the judge point-blank whether he had made any commitments or pledges to anyone at the White House to the Federalist Society, to any outside group on how he would decide cases. He unequivocally assured me that he had not. Judge Kavanaugh has received rave reviews for his 12-year track record as a judge, including for his judicial temperament. The American Bar Association gave him its highest possible rating, its standing committee on the federal judiciary conducted an extraordinarily thorough assessment soliciting input from almost 500 people, including his judicial colleagues. The APA concluded that his integrity, judicial temperament, and professional competence met the highest standards. Lisa Blatt, who has argued more cases before the Supreme Court than any other woman in history testified, quote, by any objective measure, Judge Kavanaugh is clearly qualified to serve on the Supreme Court. His opinions are invariably thoughtful and fair. Ms. Blatt, who clerked for and is an ardent admirer of Justice Ginsburg and who is, in her own words, an unapologetic defender of a woman's right to choose, says that Judge Kavanaugh fits within the mainstream of legal thought. She also observed that Judge Kavanaugh is remarkably committed to promoting women in the legal profession. That Judge Kavanaugh is more of a centrist than some of his critics maintain is reflected in the fact that he and Chief Judge Merrick Garland voted the same way in 93% of the cases that they heard together. Indeed, Chief Judge Garland joined in more than 96% of the majority opinions authored by Judge Kavanaugh, dissenting only once. Despite all this, after weeks of reviewing Judge Kavanaugh's record and listening to 32 hours of his testimony, the Senate's advice and consent role was thrown into a tailspin following the allegations of sexual assault by Professor Christine Blasey Ford. The confirmation process now involves evaluating whether or not Judge Kavanaugh committed sexual assault and lied about it to the Judiciary Committee. Some argue that because this is a lifetime appointment to our highest courts, court, the public interest requires that doubts be resolved against the nominee. Others see the public interest as embodied in our long-established tradition of affording to those accused of misconduct a presumption of innocence. In cases in which the facts are unclear, they would argue that the question should be resolved in favor Of the nominee. Mr. President, I understand both viewpoints. This debate is complicated further by the fact that the Senate confirmation process is not a trial. But certain fundamental legal principles about due process, the presumption of innocence, and fairness do bear on my thinking and I cannot abandon them. In evaluating any given claim of misconduct, we will be ill-served in the long run if we abandon the presumption of innocence and fairness, tempting though it may be. We must always remember that it is when passions are most inflamed That fairness is most in jeopardy. The presumption of innocence is relevant to the advice and consent function when an accusation departs from a nominee's otherwise exemplary record. I worry that departing from this presumption could lead to a lack of public faith in the judiciary and would be hugely damaging to the confirmation process moving forward. Some of the allegations levied against Judge Kavanaugh illustrate why the presumption of innocence is so important. I am thinking in particular not of the allegations raised by Professor Ford, but of the allegation that when he was a teenager, Judge Kavanaugh drugged multiple girls and used their weakened state to facilitate gang rape. This outlandish allegation was put forth without any credible supporting evidence and simply parroted public statements of others. That such an allegation can find its way into the Supreme Court confirmation process is a stark reminder about why the presumption of innocence is so ingrained in our American consciousness. Mr. President, I listened carefully to Christine Blasey Ford's testimony before the Judiciary Committee. I bound her testimony to be sincere, painful, and compelling. I believe that she is a survivor of a sexual assault and that this trauma has upended her life. Nevertheless, the four witnesses she named could not corroborate any of the events of that evening gathering where she says the assault occurred. None of the individuals Professor Ford says were at the party has any recollection at all of that night. Judge Kavanaugh forcefully denied the allegations under penalty of perjury. Mark Judge denied under penalty of felony that he had witnessed an assault. P.J. Smith, another person allegedly at the party, denied that he was there under penalty of felony. Professor Ford's lifelong friend, Leland Kaiser, indicated that under penalty of felony, she does not remember that party. And Ms. Kaiser went further. She indicated that not only does she not remember a night like that, but also that she does not even know Brett Kavanaugh. In addition to the lack of corroborating evidence, we also learned some facts that raise more questions. For instance, since these allegations have become public, Professor Ford testified that not a single person has contacted her to say, I was at the party that night. Furthermore, the professor testified that although she does not remember how she got home that evening, she knew that because of the distance she would have needed a ride. Yet not a single person has come forward to say that they were the one who drove her home or were in the car with her that night. And Professor Ford also indicated that even though she left that small gathering of six or so people abruptly and without saying goodbye and distraught, none of them called her the next day or ever to ask why she left. Is she okay? Okay not even her closest friend, Ms. Kaiser. Mr. President, the Constitution does not provide guidance on how we are supposed to evaluate these competing claims. It leaves that decision up to each senator. This is not a criminal trial, and I do not believe that the claims such as these need to be proved. Beyond a reasonable doubt. Nevertheless, fairness would dictate that the claims at least should meet a threshold of more likely than not as our standard. The facts presented do not mean that President that Professor Ford was not sexually assaulted that night or at some other time, but they do lead me to conclude that the allegations failed to meet the more likely than not standard. Therefore, I do not believe that these charges can fairly prevent Judge Kavanaugh from serving on the court. Let me emphasize that my approach to this question should not be misconstrued as suggesting that unwanted sexual contact of any nature is not a serious problem in this country. To the contrary, if any good at all has come from this ugly confirmation process, it has been to create an awareness that we have underestimated the pervasiveness of this terrible problem. I have been alarmed and disturbed, however, by some who have suggested that unless Judge Kavanaugh's nomination is rejected, the Senate is somehow condoning sexual assault. Nothing could be further from the truth. Every person, man or woman, who makes a charge of sexual assault deserves to be heard and treated with respect. The Me Too movement is real. It matters. It is needed. And it is long overdue. We know that rape and sexual assault are less likely to be reported to the police than other forms of assault. On average, an estimated 211,000 rapes and sexual assaults go unreported every year. We must listen to survivors. And every day, we must seek to stop the criminal behavior that has hurt so many. We owe this to ourselves, our children, and generations to come. Since the hearing, I have listened to many survivors of sexual assault. Many were total strangers who told me their heart-wrenching stories for the first time in their lives. Some were friends that I had known for decades, yet with the exception of one woman, who had confided in me years ago, I had no idea that they had been the victims of sexual attacks. I am grateful for their courage and their willingness to come forward, and I hope that in heightening public awareness, they have also lightened the burden that they have been quietly bearing for so many years. To them, I pledge to do all that I can to ensure that their daughters and granddaughters never share their experiences. Over the past few weeks, I have been emphatic that the Senate has an obligation to investigate and evaluate the serious allegations of sexual assault. I called for and supported the additional hearing to hear from both Professor Ford and Judge Kavanaugh. I also pushed for and supported the FBI's supplemental background investigation. This was the right thing to do. Christine Ford never sought the spotlight. She indicated that she was terrified to appear before the Senate Judiciary Committee, and she has shunned attention since then. She seemed completely unaware of Chairman Grassley's offer to allow her to testify confidentially in California. Watching her, Mr. President, I could not help but feel that Some people who wanted to engineer the defeat of this nomination cared little, if at all, for her well-being. Professor Ford testified that a very limited number of people had access to her letter. Yet that letter found its way into the public domain. She testified that she never gave permission for that very private letter to be released. And yet, here we are. We are in the middle of a fight that she never sought, arguing about claims that she wanted to raise confidentially. Now, one theory I've heard espoused repeatedly is that our colleague, Senator Feinstein, leaked Professor Ford's letter at the 11th hour to derail this process. I want to state this very clearly. I know Senator Diane Feinstein extremely well, and I believe that she would never do that. I knew that to be the case before she even stated it at the hearing. She is a person of integrity, And I stand by her. I have also heard some argue that the chairman of the committee somehow treated Professor Ford unfairly. Nothing could be further from the truth. Chairman Grassley, along with his excellent staff, treated Professor Ford with compassion and respect throughout the entire process. And that is the way the senator from Iowa has conducted himself throughout a lifetime dedicated to public service. But the fact remains, Mr. President, someone leaked this letter against Professor Ford's express wishes. I suspect, regrettably, that we will never know for certain who did it. To that leaker, who I hope is listening now, let me say that what you did was unconscionable. You have taken a survivor who was not only entitled to your respect, but who also trusted you to protect her, and you have sacrificed her well-being in a misguided attempt to win whatever political crusade you think you are fighting. My only hope is that your Calais Act has turned this process into such a dysfunctional circus that it will cause the Senate, and indeed all Americans, to reconsider how we evaluate Supreme Court nominees. If that happens, then the appalling lack of compassion you afforded Professor Ford will at least have some unintended positive consequences. Mr. President, the politically charged atmosphere surrounding this nomination has reached a fever pitch even before these allegations were known And it has been challenging, even then, to separate fact from fiction. We live in a time of such great great disunity as the bitter fight over this nomination both in the Senate and among the public clearly demonstrates. It is not merely a case of differing groups having different opinions— It is a case of people bearing extreme ill will toward those who disagree with them. In our intense focus on our differences, we have forgotten the common values that bind us together as Americans. When some of our best minds are seeking to develop even more sophisticated algorithms designed to link us to websites that only reinforce and cater to our views, we can only expect our differences to intensify. This would have alarmed the drafters of our Constitution who were acutely aware that different values and interests could prevent Americans from becoming and remaining a single people. Indeed, of the six objectives they invoked in the preamble to the Constitution, the one that they put first was the formation of a more perfect union. Their vision of a more perfect union does not exist today. And if anything, we appear to be moving farther away from it. It is particularly worrisome that the Supreme Court, the institution that most Americans see as the principal guardian of our shared constitutional heritage, is viewed as part of the problem through a political lens. Mr. President, we've heard a lot of charges and countercharges about Judge Kavanaugh. But as those who have known him best have attested, he has been an exemplary public servant, judge, teacher, coach, husband, and father. Despite the turbulent, bitter fights surrounding his nomination, my fervent hope is that Brett Kavanaugh will work to lessen the divisions in the Supreme Court so that we have far fewer 5-4 decisions and so that public confidence in our judiciary and our highest court is restored. Mr. President, I will vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. Thank you, Mr. President.
0: All
1: right, that was uh, Senator Susan Collins and uh, her rather long-winded speech to say that she will uh, support the uh, confirmation of Judge Kavanaugh. Hey, don't forget about applied research, Clinical research studies still going on exploring the safety and effectiveness of investigational drugs uh, in patients with diabetic conditions, acne conditions, asthma conditions, low testosterone conditions, and others. If you'd be interested in being in any of these investigations, go to ARCArkansas.com or call 501 954 22. All right, I'm, by, I'm back with you. I'm checking something out here. Uh, let me find it out. Mm-mm. We're looking up Joe Manchin. Uh, he's held the seat in West Virginia for eight years.
2: Okay, that explains a lot then.
1: Yeah, he's since 20, uh, 2010. Uh, he previously served as the 34th governor of West Virginia from uh, 05 to 10 and 27th Secretary of State. Uh, from 01 to to 05 so he's you know he's been a politician all his life just just so you know I mean he's been a politician all the time so he, he announced today that he will vote for uh, Kavanaugh and uh, hopefully you got to listen to Senator Susan Collins uh, she uh, gave I thought a much longer speech than was necessary. Whoever wrote it for her did a good job, but boy, I mean, it's just like she's given herself a ton of cover, which I don't believe that she needed. I mean, everything that she said uh, was, uh, you know, spot on. But I don't think we had to go back to what were the four most important, you know, Supreme Court cases that that Kavanaugh thought uh, were out there, and all the rest, and then kind of giving. Uh, the American people, uh, a tongue lashing for the the stupid way they've been at it. She didn't say stupid, all right? I mean, she but she basically, yeah, to paraphrase it, she said you stupid people out there that are on the left, you know, type of stuff. But, and then she said she'd vote uh, for Kavanaugh. So he definitely has the votes. I want to see if Murkowski wants to be the last one a Republican that hangs out there by herself and then tries to go back to Alaska. Now, she's not up for re-election, I think, until the 2020 or 2022. I have no idea. Just thinking it would be maybe 2022. Um, I think
2: it's 2020.
1: Is it 2020? Okay, if it's 2020, she's going to have to answer for it. Mm -hmm. She's hoping that her constituents
2: have very short memories. Yeah,
1: you're right. Well, let me just tell you this. Trump ain't going to let him forget about it when he goes to Alaska. Yeah. He's going to point that out big time. Yeah. You know, especially after the stuff that he's done for her Mm -hmm. as far as natural resources. And war. Yeah, all of that. She gave gave that to her on – a silver platter.
2: What I think will be very interesting, and it's wow, it's hard to believe that's only been two years from now, uh, the next election. But in 2020, I mean, between now and then, and I don't mean ill will on anyone, but you do have who we're suspecting the next in line who's going to be uh, needing a vacancy filled for the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I've been telling a lot of my friends who are wondering why the Kavanaugh hearing has. Reach such a fever pitch, and it's because Kennedy was essentially a swing vote yep. um, between breaking up deadlock in the Supreme Court. But I have always said the next, the big fight. If you think if you think it's nasty now, just wait until Ruth Bader Ginsburg is gone. Hey, yeah, uh,
1: Ross. What were we talking about over lunch? Just that thing. It was a that was a topic at the the table amongst the well, six. Amy of Cohen
4: us. Barrett's up next. If that's the case,
2: Trump said she's the next. Everybody I mean, thought she wasted, might have be they, this Have time? they
4: truly wasted their only nuclear missile? That's all we got to ask.
2: Right, and I think I think they have, and yeah. it makes me wonder for Coney Barrett, what are they going to pull on her?
1: It's going to be very difficult. She's a woman. I'm yeah. just telling you, it's going to well, be
2: awful hard on them. What what they're going to do with You're her? Do sexual assault? <laughs> I think they're going to try and take her out the way they took out um, Sarah Palin during the the McCain Obama election, where mm. They just, it, they pull this double standard where they comment on her inte- her intellect. They'll nitpick all her Supreme Court decisions. They'll nitpick every single grammatical error that she ever did. But she will have that degree of immunity with her because, you know, the left, they like holding well, other people up to a standard that they don't hold themselves but up think to. i you're
1: going to throw this to the side, I'm going to tell you why. They know she is a very strong, practicing Catholic. Mm-hmm. They know. She belongs to the pro-life group, right? At Notre Dame, yeah. She's spoken out about pro-life issues most of her life. She's got a great family, got a husband. I think five kids. Mm-hmm. it's going to be very, but it's going to be very interesting.
2: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be vicious now. The, uh, yes, I was, it will be. I was telling this to my father the other day, but with Kavanaugh being on the Supreme Court and if let's assume that uh, Amy Comey Barrett is going to be the next one it makes every single conservative judge on the Supreme Court a Catholic that doesn't surprise me doesn't surprise me either but uh, it, part of the part of what made Trump such an appealing candidate from the get go in 2016 was he said that he would align himself with pro life values has. And regardless of what anyone's religious affiliation might be listening out there, I mean, Catholics have kind of been at the forefront in terms of major pro-life movements. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just – it tends to display itself in a lot of judicial um, arguments as well.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of interested. I'm like you. And I I said – it may have been you and I talking. I said that they might – they better not use, you know, all their silver bullets now. Because they're going to need some for the next one. Mm -hmm. And I think, excuse me, the sixth Supreme Court justice that would be uh, conservative is the biggest conservative Supreme Court justice because at that point, it goes from having five to four to being six to three. Right. Which looks a whole lot worse than five to four
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: you know so it 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 will be very interesting to see you know you know it's all i saw a meme on um facebook the other day you've probably seen it too that says that uh ginsburg says she'll she's going to resign from the supreme court if kavanaugh is confirmed have you seen that one no i don't believe so yeah I, i saw that and i and i i post a I laughed about it first, and then I said, we can only wish, you know, <laughs> you talk about giving a gift to Trump, who she, I'm sure, hates. Uh, that's exactly what that would be, because it would be telling Trump, go ahead, and I'll let you put another one on the court.
2: Yeah, and that's why it's important in the midterms, why we need to get out and yeah, vote. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this stuff has consequences. Um you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of unhappy people out there. <laughs> That's what Graham said. <laughs> yeah.
1: Elections have consequences, threw back in everybody else and their face what Obama has said to us.
2: Yeah, and I'll give the Republicans on Capitol Hill some credit. I have not been happy with them the last Standing two years. Up. But yeah. they, I don't know where their spine came from. I mean, I think they must have bought them on Amazon. Maybe, uh, maybe they manufactured a new spine here in the United States thanks to our tariffs. But you do have – you have Lindsey Graham who I would have never – thought i would see complimenting you have mitch mcconnell who's been very fierce in terms of his adamancy that the vote be held and then you have um chuck grassley uh even orrin hatch he 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 told uh some protesters who tried the elevator tactic on him he said grow up yeah i mean this is a this is a display of uh tenacity that we haven't seen in such a long time and i don't know if it's because of the midterms coming up i don't know if it's because trump has kind of shown them that that they need to act this way um, because it's hard to win any game where the opposing side is cheating all the time. Sometimes you got to play dirty.
1: Yeah, well, they didn't even play dirty this time. They just stuck to their principles, which is something that I'd like to see them do a whole lot more of. And now, since McCain has died, I'm liking Lindsey Graham 2.0.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I I don't know where you got that, but I got it from someone online, uh, the idea of Lindsey Graham 2.0. Yeah, he's different.
1: He's not under... I don't know why McCain kind of had that kind of sway over Lindsey Graham, but he did. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was, but the bottom line is now that McCain is gone, Lindsey Graham is his own man now.
2: Yeah, he's kind of untethered.
1: Yeah. Yesterday was great when he looked at that one uh, demonstrator who said, just have Kavanaugh take a lie detector test, and he says, well, why don't we just dunk him him in water water and see if he floats? I loved it. I loved it. All right, the folks over at Holland Bottom Farm, their season's coming to an end, but they want you to know they still have apples, tomatoes, both red and green, watermelons, okra, yellow squash, zucchini, and cucumbers, and a lot more. I got to stop by and pick up some watermelons. I didn't know they still had some. Uh, they're also uh, got their fall decor out. They've got pumpkins. They get regular and decorative. They've got straw. They've got corn stalks. They got cotton. They got everything you need to decorate your yard for the holiday coming up in Halloween. And they're now staying open on Sundays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. They're open Monday through Saturday to 6 p.m. Uh, as it is now, they're open seven days a week to the end of the season. That's Holland Bottom Farm, Highway 321 in Cabot. All right, back on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's uh, 21 after 3. Matt Spence is coming and uh, – I'm going to have Tim Lim join us uh, during we talk about um, Mr. Spence's new movie that he has completed. It's out on Blu-ray now. So we're going to have him come on in and talk a little bit about it, his newest horror feature. It would be fun to talk with him about that. And uh, we're going to talk politics here for a few more moments uh, with Tim Lim. So, Tim, what's your feeling about the – uh upcoming midterms now. I mean we're we're almost just four weeks away now.
2: I'm stoked. And I know we discussed it a little bit during the break, but everyone I've talked to who went with me to the voting uh voting places during the twenty sixteen election, the MAGA coalition, mm-hmm. and these I, I think people listening out there, you're loyal li- <laughs> your loyal listeners probably I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but I mean, in my group of friends, they were not all conservatives. I mean, I can tell you two off the top of my head. One was a libertarian. One was a former Democrat. And these are guys who, for very good reasons, voted for Trump. And I asked them, you know, recently, touching base, hey, the midterms are less than like 35, 36 days away. Are you guys excited? Are you going to vote? And the enthusiasm has not died. They're, they're going to say, yeah, we, we, we're going to vote and we're going to bring people with us to do it. Um Personally, obviously, I don't like to make this type of prediction because I think it's a little bit different than presidential races. Yeah, But um, everyone I've talked to who, they're very happy with the direction things are going. They're pumped. Why wouldn't
1: somebody not be happy?
2: They have their head in the ground. (laughs) Um, But my philosophy is this. If you registered to vote in the presidential election, especially if it's your first time, you did it because there was something about trump that you liked Mm -hmm. and i think it it got you into politics in a way that you were not accustomed to before so i don't want to believe and i don't believe that it was a one and done deal that people registered to vote for for trump and then just had their head in the sand for two years i don't think this is how this election works these are people who are going to vote who did vote in 2016 i think you're actually going to have some carryover democrats who have seen their 401ks improved their stock market options go great. Uh, and because of that extra money in their pocket, I mm-hmm. think that it's going to go their way. What can the Democrats say they have accomplished in the last two years that have been productive or conducive to the well-being of their constituents? Nothing. There's nothing out there. So I'm feeling hopeful. Um, obviously, I'm not an Nostradamus. I am not a, a mind-reader, but just coming as a um, an average Joe, so to speak— This is where I think things are going to go.
1: Yeah. Well, let me just read headlines on Drudge today. Okay. All right. Manufacturing confidence, all time high. 16,000 government jobs have been cut since Trump took over. The president's approval rating now is at 51%. Now, this is during the time that they've been just beating up Kavanaugh and going after him as well. Unemployment the lowest since 1969. It's when I was a freshman in high school. All right, that's uh, that's how long it's been. Uh, just on and on and on about how good uh, the country is doing. So, and in fact, when you look at 2020, here's here's a big story for you. Are you ready? Who do you think is Getting ready to run for for uh, president in 2020. Cory Booker? Mm. Yeah, well, he is Spartacus. I like yeah, to him. <laughs>
2: Elizabeth Warren.
1: Okay, so, uh, nope. One month before the 2020 presidential primary begins. Next month starts the presidential primary. Wow. Uh, and it will get going in earnest. Who do you think leads in most polls to, to win the Democratic nomination. No clue. Joe Biden.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: Joe Biden. 76 years old. Joe Biden.
2: Creepy Uncle Joe.
1: Yeah, I think that's... Papa Joe. That, I, I just find that interesting. That he can say so many stupid things. I mean, look, uh, Dan Quayle... They still talk about potato, potato thing. The spelling of potato, and he wanted to put an e on it, <laughs> and everybody else said, no, just with an o, and uh, they just made fun of him for that for a long time. And then the Murphy Brown thing that went down, and you look at Joe Biden when he looks at a paraplegic and says, "Stand up, Joe," right you know, to the guy, and a lot of the, and this guy, you want to talk about, you know. Uh, Sexual aggressiveness? This dude has got his hand on more women's butts than any guy I've ever seen. When he has pictures taken, yeah. take out the pictures.
2: His hand is fully on their derrieres all
1: the time.
2: That's why his name was Creepy Uncle Joe. Yeah. And there's a lot of photos out there where it's like he, he's a pretty handsy guy yeah. to say the least. It's really an understatement. Yeah. But I'm
1: just saying it will be interesting to see uh, – you know what's going to happen with that? I, I, I can't believe they would run him. Just to be honest, unless he, unless he's going to be like, you know, Michael Dukakis is going to be the sacrificial lamb.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, the reason I just don't see them running him specifically is because the left has gone so far left, and they've doubled down. That that
1: he won't he, reflect any of those. He doesn't people. reflect
2: any of those people. They're going to want some. I mean, heck, if they could get um. Ocasio Cortez to run, they would probably they would probably do that instead, just because Corey they're so toned Booker
1: if. and Cortez, yeah. what what a duo that would be!
2: But be good for us,
1: yeah, that's for sure. Or Booker and Warren, yeah, Pocahontas, yeah,
2: Spartacus and Pocahontas, yeah, there you two, go, Spartacus two major and two historical figures, yeah,
1: Spartacus and Pocahontas, there Can't we wait. go, <laughs> <laughs> have them. That will be the win one. The, mm-hmm. the only state they'll win is New Jersey. <laughs> just like the caucus just barely won Minnesota. Yeah. He almost lost his own home state. You don't do that when you're hoping to be president. Hey, uh, don't forget that there's uh, 567 different ways to claim your Social Security benefits. 2,728 rules and the Social Security handbook. And uh, the federal government has told the Social Security Administration they are forbidden, absolutely forbidden, to offer you any personalized advice. So you're totally on your own. How much do you know about Social Security? I don't know a heck of a lot about it, and I talk about it quite often. I'm, I've got to sit down and start putting that all together because next year, uh, after my birthday, I can start taking my Social Security. Do I want to or do I want to wait till I'm 70? I'm thinking I'm going to because 65 and 66 seems a whole lot easier to reach than 70. You know, just, just out of my own thought process. So I might take it that way. I can do a few things that I want to do and then turn around. And uh, if I don't want to spend that money, during certain months, I can put it in my 401k and let it continue to make more money and a lot more than what the government's making with it, which is none. Uh, could be why, you know, you can't get that personalized advice. Might be why there's as much as $10 billion in benefits. Not <laughs> All right, we're back. Let me finish up. I wanted to tell you that you, got, you can get a book on uh, Social Security. And how to get your benefits. It's 501 653 6690. 501 653 6690. And it comes uh, courtesy of David Lucas. And you hear David Lucas every uh, Saturday here at uh, 10 o'clock and again at 3 in the afternoon on 101.1 FM. Uh, the answer should get it. Just uh, make sure you got your T's crossed and your I's dotted so you don't uh, end li- leaving uh, a lot of money on the table. Because let's say you live. I don't know, 20 years after you retire. And let's say you could have gotten an extra $1,200 a month if you'd taken your Social Security a different way. Well, you take uh, 12 times 20 times 1,200. Add it up and see how much money that is that you left on the table. Break your heart. That's what it would do. It Just break your heart. It would be terrible to have that happen. Anyway, keep that in mind. My buddy, Matt Spence, is here. He is sitting right across from me right now. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. All right. Now, we were hoping to be able to show his movie after The Exorcist, mm-hmm. but some things have happened that's going to preclude that. But in the way that Matt and I live our lives, we press on, and we bring him on, and we talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And buddy Campbell is here he's been have you been in every
4: matt spence uh, production uh no just the last uh this will be my third one well this is just your third yeah i thought you'd done like 17 of them or <laughs> that seems that way <laughs> no uh it's just been a for real working for matt space he's <laughs> he's in, incredible now. I've got several lined up in the future, so uh, so hopefully it'll be a trend that'll keep carrying you on got for a him, long you time. You got
1: him set up for more movies already?
5: Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
5: Yep. Yeah, I got him in a vampire movie next. <laughs>
1: Do you <laughs> get exciting. to wear the fangs? No. no, he plays a detective. I play a detective. <laughs> oh, the detective.
4: I th- you look more like a priestly kind of guy. <laughs> You should be a priest. I play, no, the priest, I play a bishop in this uh, media, medieval, uh, 11th century medieval night TV series coming up. I will be playing a bishop. Oh,
5: okay. The priest in the movie is a vampire hunter, and he's played by Rick Viper.
4: Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I had a really great
1: conversation with Rick. Do you know Rick Viper? No, I don't. Uh, i got to get him on the, on the show and have you and, and Mitch and all of the guys around because he's great. Uh, he worked on all the God, you know, God's Dead movies, and he was just in Gosnell and played an FBI agent in that. And yeah. he was he made the, he made the movie. I saw him one time in the flick when we showed it the other <laughs> mm-hmm. the other week. So. His,
2: his last name is really Viper. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: V y p e
4: r. That's person. a stage name. Yeah, it's a pseudonym. Still,
2: Shh. Yeah. Shh. <laughs>
4: Don't <tell anybody. laughs> yeah. Don't
1: break the God. You think somebody like you, buddy, has been in the business for a long time. You don't say those things. I use one myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> you use one, Matt?
4: No. Okay.
1: That's my real name. A I good was one, going right? to. You could like be like Ed Wood about. or something. <laughs> 2.0. Uh, if if would... he was going
4: to use a pseudonym, would it be Spice?
1: <laughs> uh, that that's wasn't that's, as well, that's true. I didn't think about that. What do you think about
4: Speech? you think that's a
1: good suit one?
5: I think, people uh, remem- sure. <laughs> I think
1: people remember it <laughs> i think people remember i was it.
5: gonna make my name michael star that's good
3: Two, ours, there's, two al- there's
5: already a mike star out there Until as an you... actor and i'm like nah can't do that <laughs> Keep be- people be confused and then i was gonna go mm, michael uh, i was gonna go michael adams star and then i was like mm. nah not three names
1: reason. i'm just telling you that's not the reason tell them <laughs> tell them the real reason why you didn't use michael star Sound like a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds. Does that sound like a porn star? Yeah, it, it, it does, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and Matched, in the background, every time you would have said it, we would have heard, You know? Well,
6: that's
1: the beauty of <laughs> so that right? name,
2: like like Rick Viper. It could be like a WWE wrestler, porn star, actor. You got it all, you know? Just speaking of him, he just popped up on my
1: Facebook. <laughs> oh, wow. He's with Patrick Rogers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love this test shot today. Working as a PA for a network TV show. Right. That's a production assistant mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> they needed me to stand in. Looks great. He, he really does. Camera loves this guy. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's yeah. got great, great uh, presence on camera.
4: Right. I mean, he's got great pipes, too. You um, already saw just...
1: this? Mm-hmm. You I've liked it. Locked it. <laughs> <laughs> you blocked it no i like oh it. you like i you said i blocked it so no. what do i not know let's dig deeper into that
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so you got a new movie coming out it's mm-hmm. out on blu-ray already not yet well <laughs> it's, it's ready in blu-ray it,
5: it's it's on pre-order for dvd right now and okay. uh, it's coming to it's, it should be available for pre-order on dvd soon
1: and okay do you know when it's going to be ready? October 28th. The 20 couple of days before Halloween. Good marketing gimmick there. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You did good. Right. On that. And 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 this is Lindsay, correct? Mhm. Okay, Lindsay, what part did you play in this movie? I need you to just kind of turn and talk into that microphone.
7: I played Ashley.
1: Okay. Who is?
7: She is hateful.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, that's like most women.
7: I mean, that is very true. <laughs> but she's a little more extant.
1: Okay. So what? what is her part in she's this movie? She's one of the
4: ingenues in the film.
1: Don't be using big words.
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know what that means. <sighs>
1: What's wrong with you, man?
7: <laughs> hey, buddy,
1: come on.
4: I'm spending too much time in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Explain to my listeners what an ingenue is now. Yeah,
1: Did she- I say that right? Ingenue, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, it sounds French to me.
4: Yeah, it's French for a young
1: hot girl. Okay. Oh, good. So I'll take that. Okay, that works. i that. Yeah,
6: that. works.
1: Okay. So, how did, why Buddy and why Lindsay? What did you see in both of them? What did I see in them? I haven't of them? seen Lindsay before, so I'm assuming she's kind of new with you. Is that right?
5: You saw her in the clip I sent you, though.
1: Yeah, but. Yeah. I mean, and, I'm and just she, saying, I, Yeah, and she did well. Yeah. I'm just saying that she's not been in your production. No, th-
5: that was her first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: What got you, how did he talk to, how did, uh, what was it? What was the name that you wanted to give Mike, Mike Starr? <laughs> Mike <laughs> Starr.
5: How, <laughs> did, how did the, Star.
1: <laughs> the former Mike Starr <laughs> want to uh, be able to talk you into it?
7: Well, I was an extra on God's Not Dead with Rick, and Rick hooked me up with him.
1: Oh, good. Okay, so... What was the extra part you played on uh, You know, God Not Said?
7: Just one of the people walking around, pretty much.
1: No. Don't look at the camera.
7: Right? <laughs> no. did, they time. did they tell you that? How uh, many times did they tell you that? I mean, I think every time they went, they would say it.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't look at the camera. <laughs> Act don't like wave. the camera's not there. Yeah, don't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work that way. It you know? does not work that way. Yeah, so I'm going to talk to them about making this movie. We're going because I got a great question mm-hmm. on this, and I'll spring it on you when we come back. I'm terrified. Uh, well, no, nah, nothing to be <laughs> terrified about. It. It's not scary, but like, I think it's a legitimate question because I mm-hmm. think about horror movies being made and this question, mm-hmm. and that's why they call it acting. But it brings up, you know, how well. Here's the question. I won't hold you in suspense. Okay, you can tell me when we come back. Give me an answer. You know, you have read the script, so you know what's going to happen. Uh, The audience does not. How are you able, how do you go within yourself and pull out the necessary, you know, uh, reactions to really make the audience think that you are as terrified as they're supposed to think that you are? We'll talk about that when we come back. Do you think about something? I mean... Do you, do you, do you think that you're Dr. Ford or, you know, I, I'm just, just, I'm just, (laughs) I'm I'm just wondering. All right. We'll talk about that here in a second. Don't forget about PI roofing. PI roofing's got the 100% guarantee, 100% satisfaction. If uh, you're not 100% satisfied with the service, they provide it. They're going to refund all your money. You know, those little shoe covers they put on, they don't put them on. You don't have to pay for the service. Uh, if he swears in your home, you don't have to pay for the service. The man is, uh, you know, very, very adamant about professionalism and aero plumbing. It's the reason I've been using them for 15 years, ever since I moved out to Cabot. And they saved me about $3,000 the first time around. If a repair fails in the first year, they'll repair it again at no charge. To find out more about how to be involved with aero plumbing, dot aeroplumbing.net or just Google arrow plumbing if you didn't know you're listening to 101.1 fm the answer just want to make sure you understood that dave ellswick show good to have you along for the rights friday fridays is a fun friday we got buddy campbell here we got max piece sitting across from me he's done another movie you you who did the puppet master movies charles band yeah charles band that's who you remind me (laughs) oh really yeah (laughs) You could only hope you make as much money as he has, right? Yeah, because he's but he he takes what money that he has mm-hmm. and he makes do with it, right. And he makes entertaining motion pictures. Most of them. I've got I've <laughs> got all of the Puppet Master movies, yeah, except for the latest one, the little Adolf Hitler one or right, whatever that they, right. he they just did. Right. I don't have that one, right? But uh, I got the whole box set of those, mm-hmm. and I got the whole box set of uh, the uh, was it subspecies tracers. Is oh right? trancers trancers yeah, Got yeah the the transers transers stuff. So that was thing. good stuff too and then we and then lindsey's sitting here Lindsay, your last name again is
7: well it's under deanna is what i go by
1: okay all right deanna mm-hmm. all right it's make technically sure my middle name okay let everybody know that okay don't want to blow it for you. <laughs> no, not at all. No, don't want to do that. People well, be.
4: I would never bust out anybody's. No, people, people you get. Wouldn't. I just don't do that.
1: People get on get on the internet and start searching for you, so they have your address and stuff.
4: You're <laughs> gonna. Oh, be, they would never find she's me. Gonna My be, address she's gonna be. She's gonna be. She will be a huge star when when when, I they, when these two movies well. come out, and so she will be sought after by all the should've all, the, all the guys.
1: Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you did really well in the movie, and I could see you having a bright future. Well, thank you. With this, I mean seriously, you know you. I don't we,
5: think it. I don't think it's going to give too much away if you if you talk about that scene. No, I'm not going to.
1: I don't do that. You know me better. You can. Than you, that. can you can. You know? It's
5: fine. It's fine. It, it's fine. It's not well, going to spoil. You anything.
1: you talk about what it was like <laughs> to direct her in that scene, but before you do that, so how do you convey? Do you do you have these scenes in this movie that where you really got to convey tear?
7: I mean, one part I do, however, I mean, I think you just mentally put yourself in that, like, that that's actually happening. You just change your mindset.
1: Okay. So you act like it really is happening, right?
7: Yes. And then you start laughing afterwards. (laughs) Quite a bit.
1: So how how good are you? Are are you a good scream queen?
7: I don't think I actually had to scream in it.
5: She just made a bunch of noises as she was oh getting her head slammed into oh, the steering yeah, wheel. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. that good stuff. I've always, there there's some women and men, both, in movies that when it comes time to scream, do it well, Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. does it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, add Quigley. Yeah, I was watching um, Halloween Wars the other night on the Bake channel i like watching those people take cake and mm-hmm. and candy and make those incredible creations that they do mm-hmm. and they had the woman that were in the was in the chucky movie mm-hmm. on and she screamed one time going into break and i'm going to tell which you which one jennifer tilly no not tilly no t- which no. one the blonde from the very uh, first movie oh, uh, the mother of the son uh, can't think of her Chris... name buddy you go to imdb and look Chris... it up
5: yeah, I think it was Chris, Christine. Something? I can't
1: remember her name, but she's really good in that part. And she, Christina Hicks, or she something started, like that. She started screaming, and she was great. Some people can do it; mm-hmm. some people can't. Right. And uh, she some could people do have it. to have it dubbed. Yeah, some people do <laughs> have to have it dubbed. A big scream being dubbed. Well, was dubbed it ca- now ca- Catherine I Hicks? Catherine,
4: yeah, Catherine Hicks. Hicks Catherine Hicks. was close. Yeah, <laughs> she went on to be in Star Trek yeah.
1: series. She's really good. She's an excellent actress. But uh, she's talking about doing this new reboot uh, Chucky. of Chucky, not the one that's being filmed right now. Mm-hmm. That's not based off the original Chucky. It's a kind mm-hmm. of a reimagining. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's not going to do that. She's going to do the one that's going to be the that's actually going to re- have Brad Dourif as yes, Chucky coming yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. The other yeah. one decided they didn't want Dourif. I can't see how how can you, how can you leave him voice? out?
5: He, he he is Chucky.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it that way, go get Gruden to the yeah. voice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it makes sense to me as far as that. Because Dorf was really good. Mm-hmm. He, he was really, really excellent. Right. Okay, so you just put yourself into the moment, is what you're telling me. Yes. All right. You got, get her in a movie where she's got to scream. I want to hear it.
7: I want to go out and practice my scream because yeah. I don't think I've ever tried to scream yeah
1: hey, well if you want to do more horror you got to learn how to scream I mean, girl. i do
4: i'm sure she'll be screaming in one of the upcoming films <laughs> yeah what do you got mike star so, what do you got coming up for <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
5: after then the night comes we uh we did we shot her in a, in a role for evil deeds the horror anthology series There's another
1: one sitting out there ready to be marketed
5: mm-hmm.
1: you know you're like, like I said, you like the man that does all of the, and the, and then the we little toy movies. And then we have
5: Indestructible <laughs> Afterlife is coming out in November.
1: Is that the one Buddy's going to be in? Indestructible. But, buddy, yeah. But yeah,
5: Buddy's in that one too. Yeah.
1: I'm in Evil Deeds as well. Wow, man. He keeps mm-hmm. you in business. <laughs> I tell you. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> you know, and you're I'm smart because you start it late. Right. Okay, we've talked about this. Right. You start it late, so you do just about anything that's reasonable. Yep. So that you get screen
4: time. That's right. I've done everything from faith-based films to horror, slasher, dramas, comedies, uh, slapstick. You know, just whatever. What? Whatever. I, I'm not in a position to turn anything down right yeah. now.
1: Yeah. i Viper is the same way. He mm-hmm. didn't get. He was moving on he was getting long in the tooth as we like to say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he got into this and now he's working in nashville right now on deadline crime with the discovery Mm -hmm. network Mm -hmm. which is very cool he's going to do one of those you know discovery is known for all of the you know you know, he was a good kid and mm-hmm. then he decided to right. remove his mother's right. intestines
0: um <laughs>
1: so you know he's doing one of those kind of mm-hmm. who done it kind of mm-hmm. shows yeah yeah that would be i we got to get him when he gets back i told him we'd get him back on and we talk about that cuz doing television mm-hmm. is different than doing a movie
4: right rick had done murder calls for the uh, id channel uh, an episode of it a while back and mm-hmm. and he encouraged me to Uh, submit for one of those and so i did an episode of murder comes to town uh on the id channel we shot it in knoxville tennessee back in december and it aired uh, a couple months ago on uh, this first time i had i was on the id channel i was on national tv speaking for the first time you learned
1: an important lesson at that we talked about this Mm -hmm. i'll bet it was off the air and you told me you learned that you don't go to the fraternity parties the night before you're seen
4: right right that's true <laughs> i don't go to any parties anymore I'm too, I'm too i'm too old and i don't want to be accused of anything down the road either so.
1: yeah you want to be a supreme court justice sometime? <laughs> you want to make sure that happens don't be yeah, doing it right on my horizon
4: games. it's indestructible to supreme court <laughs> do not that's
1: my arc. do not play quarters you get in that's trouble right. you play quarters and, well, that's
7: an awesome right. game <laughs>
1: i know I, I so that's an awesome game yeah. I, wouldn't know. I
7: used to be good at it
1: <laughs> good for you i wouldn't <laughs> know you wouldn't know yeah.
7: <laughs> he got drunk apparently we know that so
5: it happens you can ask him now the same question you asked her see what it see, kind of yeah how about you get, for
7: you how
1: do you make yourself you know believable in a scene where i mean what? did you get
4: your throat slit or something in this movie wasn't actually my throat something else got slit
1: okay <laughs> All right, that's good. All right, that's, that's enough. That's clear enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so you know, how do you prepare for that,
4: buddy? um I just go back to a time in my life when I was that scared, and just and sort of just uh go go through that again. Just re re reliving. Re, 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 re no, I've never been married. No, I like my money too much. <laughs> you want to keep your house, too, right, right? I want to keep my house. I want to. I want to let my clothes stay on the floor whenever i want and don't have to okay. pick it up yeah i'm with you but yeah.
1: how you know how do you prepare yourself do you have to stand off you know off your mark and get over there and get into your head a little bit
4: well i do it in advance i mean i go over how i'm going to do a scene you know w- days weeks in advance you know and get it down during my re- rehearsals and and by the time i get to the set i pretty much know how i want to do it okay
1: so for your death scene how did you how did you okay i did spoiler alert
4: <laughs> who's, who's the, if if i were to have a death scene okay
1: if
6: you were
4: <laughs> yeah i just imagine a time in my life when i you know i was in a car crash when i was in high school driving i ro- rolled my truck three times and landed in the middle of the pond when this you know scary situation wow and you know it's just things like that you know what try to relive you know uh traumatic moments in my life just bring them back and you know and the screaming i did when that was happening right, you know, I'm you sure. know and all the holy so-and-so's that was going you know through yeah through through my mind and then the uh the not just the relief but just um the satisfaction and knowing i got through that <laughs> you know yeah. it, so did you practice screaming did uh, you
1: scream in this scene
4: yeah, I scream in the scene. Yeah, it's just into okay. a mirror when you're when you're going through rehearsals. Yeah, okay, you just stand in front of a mirror and do it. Mm-hmm. Or driving down the road, I I drive a lot for my, for work and dra- going to locations, and so uh, yeah, I do. I go over my lines when I'm when I'm driving because I'm usually by myself and just you know act them out while I'm driving, just able to scream. shoot
1: blood out of your eyes.
4: Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. That's a skill. That's I've a had great for a long skill. Time, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah very it's great cool. at parties, you know, presses the girls. <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right.
1: We'll come back talk to these guys some more. We're going to talk about the movie specifically. I have Matt give you a synopsis when we come back. We'll talk about, you know, how it is to direct people that haven't had a lot of screen time and how do you convey the necessary information they need to know to, so that he can get the most out of them so that uh, they'll be the most believable When they're on camera. We'll talk about all of that here on the Dave Ellswick Show when we come back right after news, which is next. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Why do I like to talk about horror movies? Because I'm a huge horror movie fan. I mean, a big, big horror movie fan. Don't forget, coming up uh, Tuesday over at the Riverdale 10, we're showing Linda Blair in The Exorcist. And, and yes, I... Have been told it is the director's cut, which means you get to see the crab walk in the movie. Which I I'm glad they cut it out of the when the movie they released uh, at the beginning because I don't think it adds anything to the movie. In fact, it looks kind of Silly. <laughs> have you have you seen the crab walk in it, Lindsay? No. You want to do it for me? No, I can't do it. <laughs> I, about twenty years ago, maybe not now. It, it ain't going to happen now but uh, yeah uh, she does that crab walk kind of down the stairs and mm-hmm. it, it, it just looks ridiculous to be honest because the the, the the practical effects were
4: not all that good mm-hmm. uh, for it.
1: everything else in that movie was awesome mm-hmm. that movie scared the poop out of me
4: it was the scariest movie i've ever seen uh, i saw it as a kid you know and it still leaves an impression on me
1: i went and saw it at the state theater in Chicago. My, uh, my little brother from fraternity, mm-hmm. I took him up to Chicago to, to, to uh, give him the tour of the city. I lived in northwest Indiana all my life, uh, well, for 27 years. So I took him over there, and The Exorcist was out at State. Mm-hmm. I said, well, let's go see it at State Theater. And we went downtown, down the loop, and they had the coolest marquee. It was Linda Blair's eyes mm-hmm. when she was possessed. Mm-hmm. And you walked past the marquee, and it looked like the eyes followed you mm-hmm. as you were walking down the sidewalk. And then you'd go back, and you walked walk back the other way, and it looked like <laughs> they followed you. It was the creepiest thing I'd ever seen. We stood in line uh, for pretty much almost six hours because wow. the line went all the way around the block. Mm-hmm. Now, a city block's different than a block— in a a neighborhood, Mm -hmm. let me just tell you that right now. And there were thousands of people waiting to see that movie. And we went in, and we're sitting there, and I remember people literally jumping in their chairs and screaming, uh, women running out of the theater, because it frightened them so much. (laughs) The only part that really got to me was the part where um, Damien the Priest is next to the bed, and, and he's on his knees praying mm-hmm. over her, and Max Van is on the other side praying for her, and they do the scene where she turns into his mother. Mm-hmm. Amy, why are you doing this to mm-hmm. me? Oh, Amy, why are you doing this to me? And then he looks over at her, and now she's back to the demon, mm-hmm. okay, and Legion is who she was, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't repeat it on the air, and, and he says your mother, mm-hmm. and then the ra- you know, and I just thought that was one of the most powerful scenes <laughs> that I saw in that movie. Have you you've seen the movie, Lindsay?
7: Yes, I have seen that movie.
1: That movie freak you out?
7: Yes. Do you have? <laughs> but part- I like it. Did
1: you have any trouble sleeping? No, no.
7: See, I had trouble no.
1: sleeping that night.
7: Whenever I was three, I begged to watch it for my birthday. So my mom the got TV that movie. version
1: of it. Oh, that or you? No, that movie. I think movie. it was
7: the movie. It.
1: Oh, the movie. Well, no, there was no movie. It. Yeah, it, was, it, was it was a 26, TV. Twenty six
4: years ago. Yeah. So, if she was. Yeah.
7: Anyways. The
5: miniseries. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah.
4: I don't
7: know. <laughs> yeah. And I watched that by myself when it was storming outside.
1: Okay. And then yeah. went to bed. I w- have you seen? You've seen the new It, right? Yes. Okay. I like Tim Curry, but but this <laughs> this Scars guard guy. <laughs> the scars guy that's playing the clown now uh-huh. that dude is awesome yeah mm. yeah he inhabits that role now have you seen the trailer for the new movie the second one part two
7: no i haven't seen Ooh.
1: it. Ooh, <laughs> yeah it's nobody's not about floating with me anymore i'm just telling you
4: yeah we have a reference to uh it <laughs> in um indestructible afterlife matt's movie uh movie that'll be ready in november mm-hmm. uh so there'll be a reference to it. <laughs> okay. So anyways.
1: how's the reference? Are you, going to come, are you going to be a clown? Tell me. <laughs> no. no. Tell me you're not going to be a clown. No,
5: it has to do with a clown, but it's a different type of a clown. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. That's good. Enough. But I, I did know. have the
4: privilege of meeting Linda Blair a few years ago. <laughs> you were at the
1: horror fest Right, right, right. She mm-hmm. was not the nicest person in the world.
4: Well. Did I, you? I was crushing on her. Did
1: at the time. you? <laughs> Did you did you meet, did you go over and meet Michael Berryfield? Uh, yeah,
4: Berryman. Berryman, yeah. yeah.
1: Were you stunned when you talked to him and this very you know uh, well articulating mm-hmm. dude started talking back to you? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, he thought he was you know some moron or something. You know? Yeah, because
1: that's the part he plays. Right, right. You know, and the hills have highs mm-hmm. and, and all of and, and those.
5: And he was a really intelligent person. He, he <laughs> re- yeah. Philosophically right. intelligent
1: guy. Because right. I stood next to him and talked to him for like 30 minutes mm-hmm. about uh, Kemp. He and I were having a long discussion about it, which was really <laughs> interesting. <laughs> sit there and talk to him. I had him on the show later. Uh, met up, uh, who else did I have on there? Gordon. So Gordon Stewart that was in um, Reanimator? is that right mm. played the doctor oh and that uh it's one of my favorite movies i love that
4: movie i remember meeting camille keaton she was in i spit on your grave and, that, I, and that's when i are found you ready out for that's this when buddy? i found out she was originally from arkansas she yes, was born from in pine bluff, yeah. bluff
1: are you ready for this i'm okay. gonna try to bring her back she's, oh, nice. she's still alive yeah, yeah all right and next year the mm-hmm. horror movie we want to show we have found out we can get i spit on your grave the original Nice, because I say that is by far the closest horror movie to uh Chainsaw Massacre that was ever made, yeah, as very, well. Very gritty. Oh, that—that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> and that, re- I the mean, remi- that is, remake doesn't do justice. No, the, the the remake zeroed in on the nudity mm-hmm. and zeroed in on the graphic violence, but not the fear. No, there were oh it, that. I spit on your grave is such a great motion picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movies that were made during the seventies, like that, they were they were something. Mm-hmm. They re-
4: and that's how I describe Matt, Matt's movies. You know, it's just a throwback to, the, to that to that set seventies. 70s 70s.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It is good 70s, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah 70s, you're 70s. a slasher kind of guy, aren't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, you're a you're you're a you know <laughs> yeah. Jason kind of guy. Body count, body count. Yes. Yeah. Did you hear the new J- the new Jason movie? They're pr- getting ready to make. The script somebody got a hold of it. He kills eighty-five people in the movie. <laughs> oh man!
7: Wow.
4: You got some work cut out, man. That's going
1: to be quite the
4: bloodletting.
1: All right.
5: Because I just topped his body count.
1: Yeah. Did you? Uh huh. Good for you, man.
5: In afterlife. No. My, okay. my body count in afterlife is uh twenty-four. A lot. Twenty-four.
1: A lot. Okay. Twenty-four
5: people lose their
1: lives to my character. Mm. Yeah. and when you say then you combine <laughs> my the first i mean industry. my and real character like, i'm his. playing him he's <laughs> playing the killer <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. right and so, he was one that's of, how he got all the good lines yeah he's, he's one of them you die get, at the hand. of the director
5: he gets the worst death
4: scene in that movie
5: well that's and, cool as, and, and then the night comes she gets the worst yeah scene.
1: well yeah her death scene's pretty graphic <laughs>
4: right yeah i'll have to show you mine after it's pretty show. good
1: it's pretty, it's pretty I'm good proud. i gotta like
4: it you gonna play that audio
7: that's kind of hard
1: no we'd like to play the audio we'll just you got to see the movie yeah you got to see the movie that's right <laughs> that's the way it works all right for my listeners because they're they're sitting there listening and they're going okay so what's this movie you're talking about Matt Spees is with us he is a local he's he's going to be a local legend by the time that he dies I'm just telling you, seriously, he's going to be known for hundreds of movies, which is very cool. You're like our Ed Wood, you know, taking as much, uh, you know, what money you can get mm-hmm. and making motion pictures out of it. Right. You you are very, very talented in being using a small amount of money and still making a quality product. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got his formulas that he uses and plays off of at time, but that's all right, you know? It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. He's been talking about three movies here, <laughs> and did you write all of
5: them? Uh, no. Um, the three that we just did were mostly written by John Vassilio. Okay, friend, Canadian, Canadian writer that okay. uh, lives in England now. He's a good friend of mine now. I mean, we yeah. we talk all the time on Skype and everything. So do you basically, I I sort of help him come up with the idea and then he writes the script you know
1: okay you give him a scenario and say take it from there
5: right right i say i say these are the characters you know these these are basically how i want them to die how i want them to you know meet their end you write the story based around that
1: get them get them to their death (laughs) right get them to their death okay i got you right so for the listeners that have been listening you got a brand new movie that's going to be out on on uh blu-ray here Mm -hmm. in just a maybe a week and a half or so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. tell them the name of it tell them what then the, the night comes and then the night comes it's okay and
5: the night comes and uh it follows a sheriff played by rick viper
1: we gotta get we gotta get the viper on <laughs> again so that he can
4: talk about this the
1: guy's a great guy yes.
5: rick yeah and he plays the sheriff
4: so he's so busy his wife has to make appointments with him now
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he's in nashville he went Today, because mm-hmm. he had an acting class mm-hmm. that he was mm-hmm. going to first, and then he's going to be working on the show.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in, in Nashville to. last week and myself, and I'm going to Birmingham, Alabama Sunday for a movie.
1: I was just through Birmingham, went down to Florida to Panama City Beach, mm-hmm. went through Birmingham. So the last time I went through Birmingham was back in the mid 70s. I mean, that place has changed immensely for the good. It looks beautiful now. Mm-hmm it wasn't at the time Mm -hmm. and with civil rights thing that was going on the people weren't the most pleasant people to be around
4: i'm doing an 1839 pre-civil war antebellum film down there
1: no that's kind of cool i mean now when as far as the costuming for that is it wool well i'll find out when i get there (laughs) that's probably why they're filming it in the uh, fall and not in the middle of Mm -hmm. the summer yeah, we're actually going
4: down for a production meeting this weekend. We'll actually start shooting in November. Okay.
1: Yeah, that tells me you're going to be wearing wool, dude. Because <laughs> that's what they wore back then. Yeah. Wool. Well, I can. I don't know how they survived. I get to play a doctor. You're playing a doctor? hmm well, That's cool. That's very cool. Lindsay, what are you doing after this movie here? I mean, when did you start? You, uh, these two movies that you've done with Matt and the God's Not Dead movie? Yes. Are these your three that you've yes. done thus far? So you're 29. When did you decide to become an actress?
7: Well, when I was younger, I had wanted to for a while, and then I also wanted to do modeling. And then I ended up getting pregnant and having kids, so I really never went into it. So whenever God's Not Dead you know, was put out for that extras and all that, that's when I actually really started. And I was just like, well, I already have my kids. Why not go for that?
1: Okay, let me just say, you're watching on, by the way, we are live today on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show, and you can look at Lindsay. Why aren't you modeling still? I do. Oh, you do? Okay. I was going to say, you definitely can be a model. I do. No (laughs) doubt about that. That's that's very, very evident. So you, you said Rick Viper discovered you? Yes. On God's Not Dead, the last one, right? Well,
7: he was the casting director for the extras, so that's how. And I'd contact, you know, put all that out there, and he'd contact me and wanted me to come do it, so.
1: Okay, so now with the movies that you've done, you've actually got some material you can add to your own reel Mm -hmm. that you can send to people and say, See, this is what I've done. Yes. Mm -hmm. That gives you a much better chance of landing some other stuff. So, what kind of movies do you want to do? I mean, any movies? Are you into just any movies? Or I do mean, I
7: don't know about any movies.
1: I'm not talking porn. <laughs> <all right? laughs> I'm, I mean, you know, basically any any movie. Yes. I mean, drama, comedy, more horror. Do you like horror over, over other things? I think
7: I die pretty well, so yes. <laughs> okay,
1: I mean that's understandable. I mean, it's I right now horror is hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the Insidious, and you look at her uh, And
5: her death scene in that movie was like the best death scene in this whole film. No. The Conjuring series? That just tells you something, how brutal her death scene was, and it topped every other kill in
1: that movie. All right, Matt, did you go see The Nun? No. Okay. I
7: want to see it so bad.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you to be disappointed.
7: Really?
4: I saw it.
1: I I was stoked for that because of the character and the way they used it in Conjuring 2. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't flush that character out enough, and that lady. The more time she so spends, it was disappointing. Huh? The, well, I the fell more here's the thing. Fell asleep. Yes, <laughs> well, it's a, it's a slow movie, <laughs> and the the more they show that lady, mm-hmm. the less scary she becomes. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not good. Right. Right. I mean, you know, when you go see a Dracula movie with christopher lee the best dracula ever Mm -hmm. uh you want you 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 get excited because he brought something different to the part all the time Mm -hmm. she just didn't do it for me
4: Did she do it for you buddy no no like i said i fell asleep watching it
1: she she made they made a ton of green off that movie because people thought they thought yeah they thought Mm -hmm. people thought they were going to see a conjuring movie and they didn't see a conjuring right right but there's going to be a, a sequel there's no doubt about that the Conjuring Three comes out next year. I'm looking forward to that. I got to get a break in. Uh, rest thing. shut up. Uh, it's uh, 22 minutes after four. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. They got their new location on. Tw- well, it's not new. It's their old location that they've made new because they've completely rehabbed it. State-of-the-art facility, latest technology, and prosthetics and orthotics. A gate room where they the doctors, uh, the prosthetists walk down into kind of a, uh, a gully, and you walk past them, and that way they can tell from your gait where the problem is. That's really important when you're talking about orthotics, and it's very important when you talk about prosthetics because you want to make sure the prosthetic is, is fitting correctly so that uh, you can walk uh, correctly using it. They do all of this because they uh, provide a lifetime support to everybody. It's Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy. Six locations now to better serve you, Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. Let's see. I'm checking out the time. I got about 90 seconds. Matt, you got your own television channel now. Okay, yep you're on on roku Roku. okay how do you what do we what do we go looking for Do we look for mike star do we look for (laughs) matt i'm not going to ever let you live that down now (laughs) man
5: just just search for dark
1: night films dark night films Mm -hmm. yeah because that's what all of your productions have on Mm -hmm. night night with an n not with a k yeah yeah okay night with an n yep yeah yeah no we're not talking about you know give me some mead no we're not talking about that We're talking about the night when evil things happen. (laughs) And then the night comes. And the bad things. Yeah, and then the night comes. That's the newest movie that's coming out. It's coming out on the 28th, did you say? 29th. 29th, -hmm. okay. Yeah. People can order it. It's
5: on pre-order for DVD right now, and it'll be on pre-order for Blu-ray.
1: Okay, so so, So. so they get it from uh, Amazon? Amazon, yeah. Okay. Yep. We
4: are also looking to have a public screening for it in one of the theaters here uh, coming up, so be on the lookout for that if we
1: get you some let me, worked just out. Just let me know. Okay. You know, I'll oh. make sure I let everybody know where to go to okay. so, they can, so they can see it on the big silver screen. The big screen. <laughs> you
5: got to see her die
1: on the big screen. Yeah, that's cool.
7: <laughs> I die yeah, well. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> she
1: dies well. All right. Here's the news. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, – Matt Spinos is with us. He's got a new movie coming out. Tell him the name of the movie again. Then the night comes. And then the night comes. It's got it's got a great. Give us the. It's got a great title. It really does. And so, so Lindsay, did he get just when when Rick brought you over? Did Matt just hand you a, a script and say, "You look like you could play this part"?
7: I mean, I think we just talked on Facebook first.
1: And then I sent her the script.
7: And yes.
5: Okay. Then I said, "Do you want to do that?" And she's like, "She, she yeah. finished reading it. I guess she's was like,
1: wasn't, I like this. I want to do it. Wasn't this. one of uh, the other females in this movie huh. you had in the? La- she was here for your last, the last movie.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christina and uh, Micah Hawthorne, Christina yeah.
1: Castle, Micah Hawthorne. Were both of them in it too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How, yeah. how did the the blonde do this time?
5: The blonde in in the in this film she was playing this the the stoner girl okay you know?
1: and in that, my in my next and she had to act because she don't look like no stoner girl <laughs> she definitely she's did a good girl. and
5: she and she doesn't even smoke yeah because she doesn't even smoke so she's sitting here having to neither does she and she she no. had to, she had to smoke pot in her in her evil deeds segment that rick viper directed her in okay and she had to she had he had to fake it out, huh? Rick is really good at making fake joints.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
5: <laughs> he really? did it. He did it for the stoners, and he, then the night comes and he did it. For so, what this.
1: did he did he have something in him so that he, they could draw? they could draw the smoke or whatever. He
5: just he just took like a regular cigarette. Yeah, t- took broke the, it apart. Took the uh, you know the the filter b- the filter off of it, and just he just kind of just rolls it around and makes it look like it's a, a joint and then just gives it to the actors, and then the actors are like... <sighs>
1: <sighs> any, any, real, any real smoke involved in this?
5: Some of the people that were playing... The, Actually, the, the, were smoking the we're cigarette. Sm- were smoking. Not you, Lindsay. Yes,
1: not, not me. Not her. Not her, no. Okay. I wasn't there. <laughs> I'm just saying... Yeah. Plausible
4: to not be Yeah, it.
1: this is not... They didn't do this scene like from Easy Rider, all right. I mean, when they are you, you familiar with that movie? No. no oh, Easy Rider! It's a seminal movie. You need to see that one for <laughs> sure. I need to see a lot of
4: movies. There's Foddy, a, yeah, the there's a, Hopper, Jackson, yeah, there's
1: a scene where they're all sitting around the campfire getting mm-hmm. high. And they were actually sitting around the campfire <laughs> getting, getting high for you real you know during, during that for movie. Real, yeah so yeah it's we're going to show that movie as a classic next year again oh yeah because people love that movie I think yeah.
4: dennis hopper's been high in every one of his movies hasn't he?
1: <laughs> no i don't think so i don't think i he was I, great in hoosiers though well he was good but i liked him in blue velvet Oh yeah, Frank Booth.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it's
1: such a great movie. Paps Blue Ribbon. (laughs) I will never forget the first time I saw that movie, and how they foreshadowed that whole movie with the initial scene in Mm -hmm. the movie. Do you remember what they how they they showed that where the guy was out watering the lawn, and he ended Mm -hmm. up having a heart attack. Yeah, it's been and it showed uh, yeah. It showed yeah. the, the hose, and the hose had a weak spot in it, and it was getting bigger and bigger like an aneurysm. Oh, yeah. And then it burst, and the guy grabs his chest, oh. and he falls to the uh-huh. ground, and then the camera comes down and takes a shot of his face uh-huh. and then keeps going down into the grass because it's, it's a Norman Rockwell place when they mm-hmm. show it. The right. kids are riding their bikes, and the, it's shot through a diffuse filter, It looks soft. It looks Mm -hmm. like it's a place you want to be. And then it gets into the grass and under the grass, and then all the grubs are eating the roots of the grass. So it sets it all up. (laughs) Everything that you just saw is Uh not the way it is. Right. And I thought that was a
4: great opening. Norman Rockwell meets David Lynch.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Lynch is a great director.
4: Oh, he is, yeah. I mean, he really
1: was. Although although the new uh, Twin Peaks wasn't that good. No. (laughs) No. you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice
4: yeah yeah, that was catching lightning in a bottle. 30 years later
1: (laughs) and i like you know kyle mclachlan was when he was younger loved to act and he had a lot of you know dynamic energy in him Mm -hmm.
4: you don't have it anymore
1: right you don't want to do it anymore it's very obvious he's doing it for the paycheck he's Mm -hmm. phoning it in right
4: i just saw him in that clock in the wall movie with uh jack black Not whatever good. it's called it's a kids movie uh, it mean, did
1: huge business
4: eli roth directed it
1: <laughs> gotta like eli roth brother
4: I, yeah but he goes you mean, from you mean cutting they, people up you know and eating body parts to a kid's pg movie <laughs> well, that's so i, different I than, couldn't believe that's it.
1: no different than rodriguez doing all spy the kids all, yeah doing all those uh, action movies and then doing spy kids yeah and uh, james
2: wan Oh, James, <laughs> man, I doing love it.
1: Hor- doing horror and then going into action Okay, film. so Matt, you do horror, all right? So why is horror so hot now? I mean, it's hotter now than I've ever seen it other than the 70s. Because it's easy to make. It's cheap. It's cheap and the returns are big.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, chi- it's cheap to make and, you know, it makes makes good money, you know, at the box office. I mean,
1: take know? a look at – let's talk about The Nun, all right? The Nun was probably one of the – you know, one of the – bigger amounts of money that they spent on any of the conjuring movies mm-hmm. i don't know it was five ten million dollars maybe yeah, mm-hmm. and they didn't it's spend
4: it on the on stars either <laughs>
1: 153 million dollars mm-hmm. it's right. made so far it's right. still making money mm-hmm. still being shown but the I old
4: standard know. is blair witch project you know made with a handheld camera you know and it pulled in you know um, all the tens of millions it pulled in you know pure profit and that, then
1: there's been several others since, but, then. I mean all of the. But the
5: but the filmmakers didn't get any of that. Yeah. It was the, the studio. It was the studio that they sold it to. They yeah. they just sold their stuff for like a million
1: bucks. That's think, all they made. What are you thinking? How do you? I mean, look, Bloomhouse. Mm-hmm. Okay, now they've. Got, I'm going to agree. They got Universal behind them. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they're not. They don't have big money behind them. They're not no. giving them a ton of movies now. They're going to make some big, big dollars a week from Friday, right? Or a week from yeah, a week from next Friday because Halloween comes out Halloween, and they're yeah. the ones behind Halloween. Right, yeah. right. I green. am, I am so stoked for that movie. I can't wait. I'll see that movie if it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see it three or four times. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm a big Halloween mm-hmm. aficionado. Right. You know, I mean, when we had the horror thing, who, who was it that was there? Uh, from Halloween. It wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis. It was um, PJ oh, was Souls. PJ Souls, yeah. And I got to be good friends with her, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. having her on the air. Uh, I've told you a story about how mm-hmm. I tried to get her to recreate one of the scenes out of Halloween with <laughs> yeah. me and she wouldn't do right. it. Right, right. You know, Lindsay, how many times have you seen the original Halloween?
7: A few times.
1: A few times? Yeah. You remember the scene with PJ, PJ Souls is calling Jamie Lee Curtis on the phone? And uh, her boyfriend's gone downstairs to get him a beer. And yes. he runs into Michael Myers. Yes. And Michael impales him against the wall. Tonk. Right? Shows up at the door of the bedroom. Mm-hmm. He's got, the sheet, got the sheet over his head and got his glasses on. Yes. And of course, the seminal, the seminal part of, that, of that, uh, <laughs> that scene is when it starts, PJ Souls looks at him and raises her shirt up and says, See something that you like. Yeah, that's what she says to him and yep. then she says where's my beer and uh, I, I put a sheet I put a tablecloth <laughs> over my head and I put my glasses on and she goes where's my beer I go no you forgot a line she goes where's my beer <laughs> and uh, we had a good laugh about that and of course she was in rock and roll high school and you know she was in stripes, stripes. stripes. Mm-hmm. she told a great story about that Hmm. she said that bill murray you know the scene where she's on the stove and Mm -hmm. he's doing the spatula she's jumping he turned the burners on her oh real for real yeah to make her jump because she wasn't jumping enough (laughs) and he turned he turned the gas burners on her and she was jumping all over the place then because it was
6: hot (laughs) so
1: it was it was funny but yeah she was really uh uh, she was really a nice lady Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lady from the Police Academy movies who was there. Yeah, Leslie Easterbrook. Yeah, and she's – I did a movie with her. She's a a world champion skeet shooter. She is a huge conservative. (laughs) Uh, The lady from uh, the original – Friday the 13th.
4: Yeah, Adrian King. Yeah,
1: was there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she was there. She opened up. It was an interesting interview because she really opened up about the whole stalker thing. Mm -hmm. And she Mm -hmm. typically does not talk about that. Right, right. And I asked her, I said, do you mind talking about it? She goes, no. And she started talking about it. That's why she didn't show up in the second movie. Mm -hmm. Just for a short period.
5: Right. Just for that cameo. Yeah.
1: Are you – you know, you 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 said that you like movies, but I don't think you're a horror buff.
7: I don't watch a lot of movies now. It's more cartoons.
1: Oh, how many kids you got?
7: Three.
1: Okay, what's the, what's the oldest? Ten. Okay, so I understand. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a grandson that's living at my house right now, and he's eighteen months old, mm. and he's discovered SpongeBob SquarePants. We got did, Paw Patrol. Did you? Yeah, and he loves that too. <laughs> but I got to tell you. Did you did you know that there is a SpongeBob SquarePants channel?
4: Mm. Huh. That's all they show. Wow! And did you know that Squidward from
1: Yeah, the voiced guy is, is Roger Bumpus from Little here. Rock. I got to get him on. He doesn't live
4: here. He lives in L.A., but he's from here. When when he comes he come, back, he, he comes to back visit, quite often. Yeah, I got
1: to get him on. I want to get him on, and I, I you know kylo ren i want to get him on too because <laughs> yeah. he lives here too or or did live here his dad well his worked, dad lives was, here yeah. Well, yeah he lives next and works mm-hmm. right next to riverdale Ten, right uh-huh. there at the
4: paper company the kinkos okay. or something like that yeah, it's uh, whatever, what's, whatever it's called yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh and let's not forget you're talking about halloween coming up that uh david gordon green is the director and he's from little rock
1: that i did not know mm-hmm. so i need to to put in a, a a request for an interview. <laughs> I need to talk to him. I'm. Are you not? Are you not excited that that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to reprise Lois Strode from the original movie?
4: Nobody else could do it. I mean, she's she's the, she's the <laughs> best. Yes, I'm just saying. <laughs> do
1: you you remember her and uh, was it, Hell Train? Well, she did that movie. Terror she, Train. Terror Train. Yeah. Terror train did yeah. that movie too. Yep. yep. Prom night wasn't didn't have David Co- didn't David Copperfield yeah
5: was, yeah, he terror was on train? terror train yeah he yeah. was on terror train he was the magician yeah, yeah. A terrible a actor lies. he got killed terrible yeah he as got fast killed. as possible he, he got killed and replaced by uh Kenny dressing as him and yeah.
1: pretending to be the magician Shh, don't ruin the movie <laughs> <laughs> although I don't Anybody think people are seen? digging through looking <laughs> for that, that movie. You know, so, you know, happy Valentine's Day. So you're saying
4: Kenny got his revenge in this? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Somebody don't kill kill Kenny. Kenny. Kenny killed Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just, you know, I'm just saying it's, I didn't think she'd come back the third time. Yeah. I mean, she, this, or the fourth time. She came back for the first two. Mm-hmm. She came back then for H2O. Was it H2O, 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 yeah. And now for this one. Mm-hmm. But they, they were able to uh, sell her on that. I'm just amazed that one of the scriptwriters is the guy from Eastbound and Down.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kenny Powers. You know, it just really mm-hmm. amazes me mm-hmm. that, that, that that he has done that as well. Yeah. So where do you get all your ideas for your horror stuff? I mean, are, are you in that dark place? You got a Svengoolie kind of thing going when you're on doing your Facebook Live stuff. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yes, uh, I agree. my truth? He does this swing-gooly thing. He picks up the cat and looks like <laughs> Blowfield from a Bond movie or something.
5: Well, I can't help it. The cat comes over to me. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> get out of the shop. <laughs> I'm doing something here. Yeah, get out of But I can't shot. be mean and just say, kick, get out of here. <laughs> Scram.
4: Dylan, the dealer, and a dog named Jake and a cat named Kalamazoo. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, but what are these? What,
1: I mean, do you? Do you, dream, of, do you dream them up? Do you right, wake up from some
5: of them? Some of them do. Um, the Evil on Queen Street movies that I did back in uh, 2008 and 2003 and all that, um, and The Chameleon Killer, both of those movies were like spots that I wrote in those scripts was based on dreams that I had and everything. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes it's dreams and then – oh man that'd make a great movie <laughs> you know. sounds more
1: like nightmares <laughs> <laughs> well nightmares 10 i mean dario argento it's, said that his nightmares were in his movies
5: right right and
1: you know which by um, the way i'm really worried that Spiro's is going to be a dog <laughs> i don't see anybody doing it as good as dario no
5: did. no they should they should leave those films alone
1: i agree that's a special breed of italian movie don't remake those movies they're just untouchable all right well let's talk more we got to take a break we'll be back we got more coming your way stick with us the movie is going to be available it's up for pre-order now on amazon.com uh and then you'll be able to get it have it sent out overnight would it be ready for halloween night then should be yeah okay get it for halloween night show it to your no, don't show it to your kids. No. Don't no. want to show it to your kids. All right. No. A break. We got more coming in just a moment. A All right, back. We're just talking during the break, and if you're watching on on uh, Facebook Live, uh, the Dave Ellswick show, then you heard Buddy and I talking. You go out, you cast and help cast a lot of these movies that uh, that's Matt's making, right? Yes. Okay. Tell them about young. Folks that want to get in front of the camera, and this, and th- that's what Matt is really good for. L- mm-hmm. Let's be honest about this. You're not going to get your first shot mm-hmm. in a thirty million dollar movie, right? You're going to get your real shot and get your your feet wet by doing movies with somebody with Matt, mm-hmm. yep. and you can put your reel together, and they can see, you know. That you got some raw talent mm-hmm. and they can take it and they can make something out of you. And mm-hmm. Leslie, yeah, you, Lindsay, you got the chance. You got yes. a big, big chance. So do you still, buddy, because mm-hmm. you, you, you're you going to be still the, the character actor. Who was the the character actor that was in a lot of the uh, the, the, the brothers? Um, oh, what was his name? I can't think of his name. The mm-hmm. Cohen brothers? Or? Yeah, the Cohen brothers. He just died here a couple, uh, maybe a year ago. <coughs> I can't remember the guy's name. Um, damn, it <laughs> drives me nuts when I can't think of somebody. <laughs> and uh, and if I say his name, everybody will know who mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, another guy was a great character actor. It was a guy from Good no- Good Good Good, uh, Good Morning Vietnam that played the commander, mm-hmm. Bruno Kirby. Yeah, yeah, Bernard Kirby. You're, that's not funny. Mm-hmm. that's not funny <laughs> you know this is funny and you start reading jokes out of reader's digest and stuff uh but uh, yeah he was he was one of those guys uh, what's it EJ e- e- e. marshall yeah no, it wasn't marshall i'll come up with it i'll text lq jones <laughs> <you>. yeah because <laughs> yeah, as soon as i say his name you know what i'm saying but you can get on, and, and 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 that's where you're going to make your money at. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really, are you?
4: You're well, someone kind of like me that looks character. like an everyday guy can play in any movie. I mean, just cat, you know, people tell me tell me I'm castable. You know, just because I can fit, you know, just every an everyday Joe in every movie. Yeah. So hold on a second.
1: You keep talking. you were saying that young people come up to you, and say, "Can I be in a movie?" and then you suddenly say that it's a horror movie and all of a sudden their ears go up
4: right right Uh, it's just amazing how the younger younger generation just uh love horror movies Uh, i find it harder to cast the adult roles than the young roles the 18 to 25 i mean um the young actors that want to be in film they just jump at the opportunity to be in a horror film you know everybody loves it you know but if i've got a role for a 55 year old and i approach an actress and say got this film uh you know i'll I'll describe the character she's like yeah okay that sounds interesting and then i say well and it's a slasher movie so you got get killed oh i don't know if i want to do that but you tell that to a 22 year old and they're all over it (laughs)
1: yeah well i can't just find it right now i I gotta find i'm looking under Cohen brothers right now because this drives me crazy because uh the Cohen brothers are guys that i really i really like their stuff lately i haven't liked it as much Talking as, about ray mckenna uh no i w- ray mckenna is a He's great a great character yeah, yeah yeah i mean can you deadwood is a perfect you know that they they've, they're they're going to make deadwood into a major motion picture no and you got the all the original cast back
4: Tim Oliphant and all, all yeah. and all of them coming back
1: Swengin and all of them yeah, going to be boy, there
4: that, <laughs> that. You talk about you talk, That's a on.
1: great show You know I called the Chamber of Commerce to talk to about them because he used one curse word that I didn't think they used back in the old West
4: He used a lot of them The C, yeah. CS as well was... all
1: right And I said did they really did he really use that word and he said they had they have letters that he wrote and every
4: word was that? Because I thought that was just the actor put his own spin, I, own spin, I'm, I'm own spin with on it. it, it you know, like, did, was that word even used in the 19th yeah, century? that's what there? I asked,
1: and it was. It was. <laughs> I was so, I'll was. i tell you when we get off. I um, can't say it I'm so it lost, just, I'm like, what? I can't <laughs> say it on the air, oh. and I can't say so, it. Oh, yes. uh, okay. there are. Right. So bottom line, yeah. Okay, tell them the name of the movie again, Matt. Then the night comes. Then the night comes. 28th of this month. 29th. Well, go to twenty eighth and pre order. <laughs> All right, and they can and go to they can go
4: to Matt's Facebook page or the or the Then the Night Comes Facebook page and watch a trailer for it. All yeah.
1: right, got to get a break in. News is next. All right, back with you, Ralph. It's one to nothing, Milwaukee. All right, it, they're in the, the middle of the fifth inning. Nope. It's, going be, it's going to be just now one that's already been played. Houston won the first uh, game against Cleveland. And in Houston. Okay, good. Seven, seven good. two. Seven two. And we still got the Yankees and the Red Sox in Atlanta and LA.
8: Now now that my on. Cardinals are out of it, I've I've kind of lost interest. But I'll, I'll watch some of the
1: playoffs. Yeah, my Cubs are out of it now. Yeah. But yeah. that's alright. They were all beat up. I I was surprised, be honest, that they made the playoffs because yeah. they they were looking tough.
8: Yeah, they they were staggering towards the end. They were.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know Bryant, you can't expect a guy that's missed sixty-three games to be a you know an offensive threat. That's right. Going down the stretch, just right. a, enough about that. I don't want to start on baseball. I'll <laughs> stay on it the rest of the half hour. I don't want to do that. Ralph Eubanks is here, of course, and I asked him before we went on how many years you've
8: been doing this now.
1: Fourteen years. That's right. That's coming right. in and talking about what's going on with the Arkansas State Fair.
8: Yes, the 79th annual Arkansas State Fair doing this a while 79 years you only got
1: you got to hang around man it's it's less than 25 years to 100 years <laughs> that's right you want to be here for the centennial
8: <laughs> i don't know about that i mean <laughs> they'll be pushing me around in a wheelchair i'm sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> no you're getting around really good you're already what 85 right now i'm just kidding just kidding. a young
8: 85
1: yeah so uh, just clue the, the listeners in a little bit this is not an easy undertaking to do every year.
8: No, it's not. It's a it's a gigantic job. Somebody asked me the other day how you, how you get it all done, and and my answer is always the same. It's like eating an elephant. You just do it one bite at a time, and that's what we do. We we start planning for we'll start planning for next year's fair, the 2019 fair, uh, long about uh, uh, the end of December, early January. So it it's almost a year round uh, proposition.
1: How do you go about finding the groups that you want to pre- perform? That's a big deal for the, the the fair. I mean, that's a big draw for the right. fair. Getting the right groups in, right? The right mix
8: in. Yeah, we we have a uh, an outside source. A uh, fellow's name is Daryl Disgrange, and Daryl uh, lives in Michigan, and he is a, uh, a a broker of talent, and we hire him each year to bring in our acts and and uh, he does a great job. And I tell you what, it, it's it's a job that's getting tougher and tougher all the time because with the proliferation of casinos now, you know, you're 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 battling those casinos for acts. Sure, you've got to find the ones to go out on the road. A lot of the older groups, the seventies groups, those guys are dying off. Yeah, uh so I hate to say
1: that. They're like yeah. me they're getting older
8: well so so yeah it's every year it's it's a bigger challenge to to bring in acts that people want to see but daryl does a great job with it and i think he's done another great job this year with the variety of acts that that he's brought in for us
1: all right well let's start with that okay we'll, we'll also talk everybody always wants to know about the food we'll get to that <laughs> yes. hang in there yeah. Yeah. i get to sample it next wednesday so yeah we've got our that. media
8: event next wednesday so uh i'm glad you're going to be able to come out and uh, enjoy some of our new foods
1: yeah go
8: ahead uh on friday october 12th uh that's our first uh big concert charlie daniels band will be on stage that night at
1: from today 8
8: p.m yeah that's a week from today uh on october 13th uh the next night uh pod will perform at 8 o'clock. POD is a kind of a heavy metal Christian-based band. October 14th, Sunday night, Genuine will be on stage, an R&B, an urban act. October 16th, on a Tuesday night, uh, Joe Nichols from uh, Rogers, Arkansas, and Blaine Howard. Both of them will perform a couple of country acts. On October 17th, there'll be a few headbangers out at the... <clears throat> out at the fair we've got rat there you coming go. in
1: <clears throat> grow your hair guys hurry <laughs>
8: that's right october 18th uh stokely at 8 p.m another r&b act october 19th we've got pop evil it's a heavy metal band from michigan october 20th saturday we've got mark chestnut at 6 p.m and then we close it out on october 21st sunday night with twista uh his claim to fame is he is, uh, in the Guinness Book of World Records, as the fastest rapper on the planet.
1: Oh, my. my. <laughs> Holy cow. So he can
8: say words really fast.
1: Be, can you do an American Express luggage commercial? I'll bet he remember could. Remember that guy? Be, <laughs> <You> remember <laughs> the fast-talking guy, talking fast? guy yeah. yeah. he was quick. <laughs> you know, big rat song, if you remember, round round. And round and round, yeah. yeah. Big rat song. So anyway, something to keep in mind uh you want now to get tickets to the groups so all you got to get a general admission ticket right basically
8: that's right just a, a gate admission once you're in the gate, all the concerts are free of charge we do have upgrade uh, uh possibilities for you if mm-hmm. if you want to sit on the first couple or three rows and get up close and personal, you can buy an extra ticket there for fifteen dollars. And now we've got something new in the last couple of years. We've started with the VIP decks on either side of the stage. It's kind of an elevated uh, seat where you've got a little bit better sight line. Uh, and that ticket gets you free hors, d- hors d'oeuvres and uh, and things like that. So uh, a little bit. How much shoulder are on? For some acts, there it's a $25 upgrade, and some it's a $40 upgrade, okay. d- depending upon the act.
1: All right charlie
8: daniels 40 bucks charlie daniels uh i think maybe 40 bucks yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah he's gonna draw a lot of people yeah oh yeah Charlie that, that'll daniels, be a big night double went down the georgia that's yeah, right you gotta love that and orange <laughs> blossom express he does a kicking version of orange blossom
8: he's got a lot of great music a lot of great songs and he
1: ain't a spring chicken
8: anymore. no he's not uh yeah uh but man he's he's still doing it he's still getting it on he can still play that fiddle
1: yeah I love it I love it Charlie Daniels is fun I used to tell you how old Charlie Daniels he's older than I am and I saw him when I was in college with uh, who was it that he was playing with oh can't you see i'm trying to think now
8: probably somebody like marshall tucker marshall maybe? tucker band yeah that's exactly who it was it was him yeah. in the marshall tucker that's band. right in his wheelhouse there yeah
1: Yeah, it was great great and then they'd always come out and do a couple songs at the end uh, together together yeah yeah they were, they were great yeah. absolutely fantastic okay so the the music's good you get it's, an, it's you good. get an a plus from me
8: something for everybody I yeah. Think. yeah yeah you get
1: an a plus from me all right okay now food food what's what's the new stuff that people are going to see we've got
8: some got some interesting new foods this year 12 new items seven of which uh the media you guys will be able to vote on uh at our media luncheon next wednesday scorpion pizza um well that was new last year that was it was good yeah yeah. um this year we've got a, a mac and cheese baked potato which is just a regular baked potato. They fill it with a big scoop of uh, macaroni and cheese, and then top it with with bacon crumbles. Oh. Nice, nice low carb, <laughs> low carb, the carb yeah, treat there. Low fat. Speaking of low carb, though, we do have for those who are watching their weight this year. One of our new items is the uh, cucumber with chicken salad. And what they do is they take a cucumber and slice it, kind of scoop out the seed part, uh-huh. creating kind of a little boat, yeah, if you will. And then they fill it with fresh chicken salad. So and it's would be easy to really, eat too. Yeah, Real easy to eat and low low carb. You know, no no problem there for dieters. Um, we've got somebody bringing a, a spamwich this year. <laughs> if you're a spam a fan of the spam, <laughs> we've got a spamwich. It's uh, they take uh, two pretty thick slices of spam, batter it. Deep fry it. Of course they do. Put it on a bun with lettuce, <laughs> tomato, and and mayonnaise. That's one you'll vote on on Wednesday. Oh, boy. Uh, so there's one for you. we've got uh, – let me see. We've got fried strawberry shortcake, which well, that sounds, sounds really good to me. That I'm, sounds good. I'm definitely going to be trying that. Uh, they take a big uh, piece of yellow cake. They uh, batter it in funnel cake batter, mm-hmm. put it in a bowl, and uh, – put uh, sliced strawberries and strawberry juice over the top and then a big uh, dollop of whipped cream on top of that that sounds sounds awesome. pretty sounds pretty good yeah it does um i know there's a lot of people out there that that love or hate and there's it's one or the other the whole pumpkin spice thing that's that's been going on for the last okay. couple of years but one of our vendors food vendors is bringing in a pumpkin spice funnel cake this year
1: do we get to vote on that one
8: you get to vote. All on right. It. Yeah. And what they do there, again, it's uh, it's it's a traditional funnel cake batter that they mix in uh, to it: brown sugar, nutmeg, cinnamon, and ginger. Sounds good. And pretty good. Yeah, kind of fallish, fallish spices, and then fry it like a funnel cake. They would normally do a funnel cake, put it on a plate, and then instead of confectioner sugar, which is the traditional topping, they drizzle a caramel sauce
0: of
1: on top of it That sounds good sounds pretty good doesn't it does no? sound yeah. good I'll, I'll definitely be trying
8: that we've got a shrimp burger which i have not seen shrimp uh, and so i can't tell you any specifics about the shrimp burger but uh, one of the vendors will be bringing that i wonder if they're going to grind up shrimp and I, I don't i don't know i can't fathom how they how they're going to do that but they're calling it shrimp a i want to try it uh, there's a cheesy nacho corn on the cob, and that's a that's a piece of corn, just traditional corn on the cob, and they roll it uh, and deep fry it with um, a kind of nacho um, tortilla chip dust.
0: Yeah. Sounds different.
8: <laughs> and, and so that's going to be kind of different. Okay. So crunchy, but corn. Um, and then here's another item. I, I don't know if this is for... Guys like you and me, I think it's more for the kids, and I think there's going to be a lot of dares going on out the fair Uh-oh. about, about Uh-oh. this one. Uh-oh. But they've got what they call the uh, dragon's breath ball.
1: The dragon's and it, breath, and it's ball. one of
8: those deal. I don't know if you've seen it on the internet, but it's uh, it's got that. It's made with that liquid nitrogen.
1: I have seen. In fact, I was down a couple of weeks ago at Panama Beach. In florida and they had it down there and they had it down there yeah but yeah. it's it's
8: it's that candy with made of liquid nitrogen and they they tell me that the concessionaire actually has a sign a warning sign on his trailer that says you must eat this very slowly and very carefully or if you don't it'll it'll literally burn the inside of your mouth the the super cold uh
1: nitrogen, nitrogen yeah. yeah interesting so
8: I, i'm seeing that being a big popular one with the, the teenagers probably
1: have a uh, ambulance sitting right next to it.
8: <laughs> Mem's you know, alert.
1: They help them out, you know, <laughs> just in case. Because you tell them to eat it slow, they won't eat yeah, it I slow. Know they won't. No. They're not going to do that. <laughs> That's not, there's some interesting things that you got yeah, there.
8: Yeah, yeah. Some some different stuff.
1: Okay, so when we come back, the 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 dates for the fair October 11th through the 21st this year. That means Thursday of next week, right through the next uh, the week after. And you gotta get out there and, and have some time. I mean you gotta go to the fair. The fair is a fun place to go and spend some time and spend a little money. I always go just to uh to eat the food. I love the food. That's, you know what I gotta have? You know you know that my big thing, Ralph, I've told you this every year you've been on turkey leg
8: turkey leg yeah the smoked turkey I leg loved it, yeah smoked
1: turkey leg. yeah listen
8: that's a that's an all-day deal there yeah you can, you can work on one of those for three hours yeah you know, i can walk
1: around <laughs> and act like i'm hagar the barbarian i love it 20 minutes after five quick break we'll be back we'll finish up uh, with ralph and talk to him about what's coming up to the uh arkansas state fair come along for the ride all right the arkansas state fair october 11th that's next thursday through the 21st a lot of things happen you got rides you got food you got music you got a rodeo you got games of chance you got contests and you've got shows going on and as i said in the second word food <laughs> food is the thing man now you got any new rides this year that you know of
8: well, only really only a few new rides uh, last year was our first year with a contract uh, with North American Midway Entertainment. Okay, they were a brand new carnival. We had uh, we'd been working with uh, Degler Attractions out of Florida for the previous twenty two years, so this was a big change for us to bring in North American Midway. They are one of the top two traveling carnivals in the entire country. Do a fantastic job, so. All the rides were new, as far as we were concerned, last mm-hmm. year. Right Now, they're bringing back virtually the same carnival they had last year. There'll be a few new kitty rides uh, in family land, and then uh, I don't think they had the zipper here last year. That's an old classic cool. from way back, yeah. and they're going to have a zipper this year. But uh, it'll be about 56 rides on the Midway, and uh, what I love about these guys, North American Midway, uh, they... Uh, for those of you who come out and and ride the rides and see the personnel, you know, the old traditional carny that people are used to seeing, right. you won't see that with North American Midway. They hire clean-cut, super nice kids, intelligent, uh, you know, most of them college-educated kids. It, it's, it's amazing uh, what these kids are like. That operate these rides you'll, you'll be very impressed
1: all right they still show up uh put stuff up need sledgehammers to drive the big stakes and all oh, that. oh yeah oh yeah that'd be cool to watch mm. i love watching that kind of stuff <laughs> it's kind of crazy all right let me run through uh what uh the folks from the milk uh, producers are doing for you guys you got the arkansas circus arts
8: yeah uh, that's a group uh, here uh, locally that uh, they they perform uh, acrobatics. Uh, they've got jugglers, stilt walkers. Uh, they do all kinds of, of uh, fun uh, tricks and acrobatics. And uh, so we've never had them before, and I think it's going to be a going to be a hit. Sea lion splash, sea lion splash. We're going to bring a little a little piece of sea world to the arkansas state fair this year uh they have california and south american sea lions that perform tricks they do handstands on their flippers and they catch rings on their necks and things like that uh they've got a big a big pool that they climb in and out of so that that should be a fun it's sounds kids thing. will love that all oh, the kids will love it families will
1: love great it. time doing that the magician
8: the magician he's an interesting dude we had him last year he's back again because he was tell he was me he such doesn't a hit.
1: dress up in a cow outfit <laughs> yes he
8: does i'm
1: afraid, okay.
8: I'm afraid he does <laughs> all right he's okay. an interesting guy he's he's from upstate new york and uh he grew up on a dairy farm and so he, that was kind of his background but as he grew up he always w- dreamed of being a magician okay and so you know what better way to be a magician than to combine your your love for the dairy right. with with your love for magic, and that's what his act is is predicated on. He he does he does all these magic tricks that have to do with you know he'll pour milk into a a, a, a newspaper cone and yeah, then and then it disappears and that yeah. sort of stuff. So very
1: cool. Okay, and then.
8: Wildlife Wendy, Wildlife Wendy is another act we brought back from last year. She was so popular. Um, she's been on network television shows. Uh, she has a group of parrots, and they do uh, they do an act where the parrots do flight flight tricks, and they do mimicry. You know, they'll talk yeah. to her and things like that. Uh, and the and the kids really loved that show last year, so we're bringing that one back again.
1: All right, Down for everybody's, uh, for you to know about this, on Thursday, October 11th, opening day, they're going to have the Magician at 6 p.m. and Wildlife Wendy will be at 6.30 p.m. only.
8: That's right. Yeah, we open on Thursday at 4 p.m. Every other day of the fair, gates open at 11 a.m. Okay. But for Thursday only, our opening day, uh, gates will open as late as 4 p.m. So that's why we've just got those... Two acts on in the evening that day.
1: All right, our guest Ralph Eubanks talking about the state fair. Okay, a couple other things that I know people want to know about lunch. Lunch. Go and have
8: lunch. We're still. This is our tenth year in a row for doing uh, lunch at the when fair. you started this? It was ten years ago. Yeah. Believe it or not, we're we're bringing back lunch at the fair for the tenth year. Uh, weekdays, Monday through Friday, from eleven a.m. to one p.m. You can park for free. You can get in the gate for free. Come out to the fair, have your lunch. Get back to work if you want. Hey, if you want to stay all afternoon, we'll let you stay all afternoon.
1: All right. I got 25 seconds. Where do they get their tickets?
8: Get your tickets at ArkansasStateFair.com. And I want to be sure and mention we have a special partner uh, in uh, Tropical Smoothie Cafes this year. 27 Stores throughout Arkansas selling a Super Pass which gets you admission and an unlimited ride band for just $30. There
1: you go. Thanks. We appreciate your route No, it's it's not Twisted Sister. <laughs> Twisted Sister. We could only hope that it was Twisted, Twisted Sister. Yeah. You know, the whole Metal album they did was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. Awesome. Yeah. Everybody and knows. now I'm, like, I Twisted know, is I, I, game. So, I feel sorry for Lindsay. She is sitting here and you got and a bunch of three old fogies <laughs> sitting here talking, and she doesn't have a of
4: course, yeah.
1: clue of who we're talking I'm about. I'm just
7: going to smile and pretend. There you go. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's
1: a good thing to do. Twisted Sister. Are you even familiar with Twisted Sister?
7: Nope. Okay. How about Dean D- Snyder? I mean, I know that name. How
1: about Dean D- Snyder? About s- he <laughs> did a great a horror movie. It was a great, what was that movie he did? I don't remember. Yeah, he was, he was in a horror movie. Like Dean Martin? Oh come on now, man! Uh, <laughs> really going I thought it. I thought that was old I music when up. I was growing
4: up. <laughs> okay. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, no. no, I don't.
1: Okay, yeah, you're lucky. Uh, I like it. the only song he did that I liked was another kick in the head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. That was uh, that was a good one. But yeah let's talk about your movie again okay okay
5: so these two characters that they play yes in this movie yes and then, and then the night comes yes you you know how his personality is yes are they great j- great guy yeah fun to be around fun yeah. to talk to just a
1: boy scout you know
5: how she is sweet girl yeah cute yeah <laughs> lovable <laughs>
1: I get nervous around people like that because I figure that they're not like that at all.
5: Okay.
7: I'm good at making people nervous, though. (laughs) Oh,
5: okay. But his character?
1: Yes. In the movie? He's a nasty guy.
5: Nasty, nasty. The nastiest of guys. So bad that Rick Viper, when he watched the movie with his family, they watched it and they actually looked at him and went, my God. He is really creepy.
1: In and you're creepy. Okay. I
5: hope he's not really like
0: that. <laughs> creepy. Creepy how?
5: Creepy because he
1: likes to. He's
5: he's he's, he's, a, he's a he's a doctor that does psychiatric uh, un, un, unethical work. Unethical
4: stuff with his patients.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. With hypnosis. <laughs> There's a movie. I don't know what the name of the movie is. Okay, mm-hmm. it's about a psychologist mm-hmm. and a hypnotist. Mm-hmm. The first scene in the movie shows us. You would be perfect, perfect age to play the part. It's, let's say it's, guys, look at Lindsay, all right? Ladies, look at Lindsay. All right? <laughs> and she's getting ready to, she's got her robe on, she's getting ready to go, like, go to go take a shower. I know what you're talking about. All right? The she's got a towel. Eye. Got a towel. hypnotic top. eye. Is that what it's called? Okay, mm-hmm. got the towel mm-hmm. over her shoulder, got shampoo in her hand. You think, okay, she's going to wash her hair, right? She goes across the kitchen stops in front of the stove turns on the stove and proceeds to start washing her hair over the burners and of course and her hair her, and burns her hair and the hair catches on yeah. a fire and third degree burns all over her mm-hmm. face mm-hmm. hypnotic eye is that what it was mm-hmm. okay, hypnotic i got i'm going to have to look that up on youtube so the i'm sure it's talked instructed her to do no, that
5: no uh, he's supposed to be like this magician hypnotist yeah. dude Yeah. And, and if do- women and turn
1: him down he's doing that look to these out.
5: women just because his assistant it, his is jealous of their beauty. Yes. Mm. So
1: it's a, it's it, a good it, it's a pretty it was, good movie. It was a
5: pretty good, it was a pretty I good movie saw, back in the fifties.
1: Yeah, I saw yeah. that movie paired mm-hmm. up with the original Blob with Steve McQueen. Uh-huh. Right. Right. McQueen. It was a that's a great double bill. Well, he's, he's, he's,
5: he's a freaky guy like that, but he does it.
1: Does for, it better? For, 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 for kind, are, you, are you freaky Hannibal Lecter? Freaky? No, no, he, he does Creepy. it
5: for the sexuality.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a little Keontae.
5: And, 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 he, and he takes. Oh, and, he does that, yeah. And, and he likes to take Polaroids of the women when they not Don't, don't give too much away. Okay.
1: All right. So <laughs> now we got you. You're, sc- you're scumbag. So he's, he's a squeeze bag. A yeah, really yeah sleaze you're a squeeze bag. bag. Okay. And this Damn.
5: one, this cute. Sweet girl. Yeah. is playing the complete
1: bitchy Opposite. character.
5: The complete bitchy
1: character that is a hateful character. Okay, really? now. It, it this is definitely not typecasting, so <laughs> Right. How do you how did you reach in and find that kind of character in yourself?
7: How did I reach in and find yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I can be that character.
1: No, okay. So you really can be character. <laughs> I can or, be. Okay, you can be character. I that choose person. not to be <laughs> okay.
7: because i'd I'd rather be sweet but i can't be okay
1: so you can be nasty when you want to be and then how about you i mean you know a lot of actors a lot of actors go out and and you know like sit down and talk to people who are like this did you do that to get ready for this part i mean how did you figure out to be you know you wanted to be creepy like this
4: no i've seen enough creepy characters in films that i just sort of drew on some some of that that.
5: (laughs) Who, who did you base him on
4: Oh, nobody in particular. But just
5: sure, <laughs> you did. You remember you are telling me about him. Who did I say? Remember uh, remember Match Game?
4: Yes. Oh, yeah. Gene Rayburn. Gene, Gene Rayburn.
1: Rayburn. Yeah. He, he, he <laughs> was a dirty old man. He
4: was a dirty old man that got away with as much as he could yes, on, he on, did. That, on that
1: show. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what yeah. like, you remember what, if you would look at everybody?
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. that's, 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 his, that's and He had
1: that funky microphone, that has <laughs> to stick with a yeah. little tiny yeah. little, thing on little ball on the end of yeah. it. Yeah,
4: but he, but all the questions on the show, he was like he wrote these questions. They were all suggestive. Yeah, <laughs> oh sure, yeah. double entree, right, right, <laughs> all entrees. <Metonges, laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what you're
4: right. So and, you're, and I got a plaid jacket on to look like Gene Rayburn from the seventies. You know, <laughs> oh, cool! Plot. Very good, man. That's good. That's a good <laughs> job. Yeah, I I looked like either him or Herb Tarlick from (laughs) Debbie (laughs) Carpenter. Another another Arkansas boy, Frank Boney. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so did you draw for your character
1: off of any actor, actress, or person you may have known?
7: No, not really, because mine was more so... Like, it was kind of quick to do that part. So I didn't really... But, I mean, I've watched Mean Girls before many a time, so... (laughs) You know, the Rachel
1: Adams.
6: Heather's. Heather. Yes.
1: You watch Heather's before? That's another good no, one. No, I haven't that. seen that. That's a good That'd be a got good Christian one. Slater in it. Does yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, who is it? Ryder that's in it, too? Yeah, Rider. Winona Ryder. Winona, Winona Ryder, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's in it as well. Yeah, yep. that's like one of her first big hits, seems like. Right, yeah. It was. Yeah. was.
4: Yeah. Great Balls of Fire.
1: Yep. Yeah. 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 I forgot all about that.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. 13 year old wife of Jerry Lee Lewis. So
1: that true story on that one yeah yeah they did they 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 took him to the woodshed about that but if they had
4: tmz back then he never would he would have survived
1: in the deep south at that time that was no big deal Mm -hmm. you know marrying Mm -hmm. your cousin Mm -hmm. and marrying marrying a cousin that was 13 14 15 years old that was no big deal Mm -hmm. (laughs) so she's looking at me going oh my god you didn't, people grew up in a did a good fashion. job with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a great movie. Okay, so coming back to, to you, Matt, we've, mm-hmm. you, they've told us who they ba- based their characters on. Do you ever draw from people that you've met? And, uh, you right. know, I know you always end up, the movie always, uh, the characters in this movie are not based on anybody living or dead, blah, 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 blah. blah, Man, blah you fiction, got kind of thing? Yeah, blah blah yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you take non-fiction people that... that you have known and and used them as templates so to speak hmm. be I careful gu- how you answer
5: i guess <laughs> i guess john my writer kind of did in a way because, okay because uh we had uh two people that didn't do very good for dark knight films and he knew about it so
1: he named those characters
5: after these people oh wow in this film in this oh. film oh this film comes. yeah
1: oh when the night comes okay she's one of them oh really did you know that no you're carrying a lot of weight on your shoulders now
7: now i'm nervous <laughs> actually. <laughs> too yeah,
1: actually too late yeah too late to be nervous now it's all it's all in <laughs> yeah. history now it's going to be there for forever you're playing, forever. The, arch, so, you're
4: playing the real nervous. life arch enemy of the screenwriter. <laughs>
7: Wow. no no i'm hated
5: and, and it's nothing funny, wrong with that and it's and it's funny she her character totally hates you know um the lead character holly petty's character of mm-hmm. julie you know but they never have any scenes actually where they're interacting together that's too know, bad in the film you know it's just she's talking about her to uh julie's best friend which is played by miracle davis
1: you know kate and
4: uh the legendary miracle davis right
1: <laughs> all right so we're going to come back and uh and finish this whole interview up that mm-hmm. we start it back at 3 <laughs> 30 all right and, uh-huh. and finish all all of it up Okay. the movie then the night comes and it uh, goes on sale 29th and you get it where
5: <laughs> amazon
1: see <laughs> yeah i'm I'm, I'm, I'm or trying to. I'm, I'm Matt's trying to own page. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's your page?
5: Darknightfilms.com.
1: N I G H T. Okay. Not, right. a Not a K. Not a K. A okay. K. Okay. Don't forget. Okay. Don't forget that. And don't forget sunny's Auto Salvage, number one uh, choice for recycled auto parts. i bought many auto part from uh, sunny's fixing up one of my cars that you know has almost three hundred thousand miles on it. New transmission. New motor who knows whatever new stuff I'll put on it, but at about a 50% discount. Plus you can buy yourself a three-year parts labor, unlimited miles uh, warranty so you don't have to worry. Look, you got a car that's 300,000 miles and you get a three-year warranty on it and uh, figure my car right now is eight years old and I've got nearly 300,000. That means I'm going to probably put another close to 150 on it. When I get close to 500000 I might be thinking seriously about getting another car, all right, instead of just continuing to fix the one that I have. I'd like to drive the wheels off of my cars because I don't like car payments, and cars keep getting more expensive and more expensive and more. I saw a pickup two weeks ago that broke $100,000, $100,000. That's incredible to me. I just... You know, I mean, I thought I spent a lot when I bought my Acadia and it was 48 grand and it was costing me $666 a month. That is just punishing, uh, over time. So now I don't have any car payments and, uh, every once in a while I got to do some repairs on the car. But I mean, it's like saving in a year's time. I save eight months of car payments and I'll, I'll take that over having a new car call him at 982-7451 982-7451 Sunny's Auto Salvage your number one choice for recycled auto parts. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick show. Let's finish it up for a Friday. Max Streets. Matt Streets. Spice. Spice. Is here with us today. Easy speezy. Got his got his got his movies going again. Got other ones going to be coming out. before. Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got – how many movies have you done?
5: Well, we got three coming out before the year. Well, I know
1: that, but, I mean, yeah, since total since you started. Since I started.
5: Oh. Well, these these that I got now will add up to 12 movies that I've got out there.
1: Do you have a, a, a package and yet? The,
5: and that whole catalog will, is on – well, will be after these three movies are out. That whole catalog will be on Roku
1: for people to
5: watch streaming.
1: Or, okay, but how about you know. buying it?
5: Well, then they—they're all on uh, all those—all twelve of those movies will be on Amazon. No, nope. okay. The other ones are on Amazon. Okay. But the, when these yeah. three, as a
1: separate yeah. buy each or as a group set. Put,
6: I'll be adding. Put, I'll be adding some. Put box all of them sets. in a package. You know. I'll, I'll just, be adding just, some just box, ma- sets. box sets. Box sets.
5: Yeah. right. I'll be adding some box sets too. Too. Who's
1: doing all of your covers? Because they're good.
5: Some of them are done by different people but uh the the last two, the last two that I did with which was evil deeds full circle and, mm-hmm. and uh then the night comes were done by this uh artist out of Texas um named uh juan Vera and uh he's he does he does uh artwork for you know things for Hollywood you know and does you know like the artwork for Set design and stuff like that that get, that he gives to them and turns over to them and they design a set off of his artwork and stuff like that mm-hmm. and everything. But so it was pretty cool having him do uh, the artwork for those two films. I mean, but uh, and yeah, he did he did a great job on both of those artworks
1: because that's a big that's a big part of marketing,
5: mm-hmm. right? I mean, people may not even have mm-hmm. heard of
1: you. They come across your page, they start mm-hmm. seeing the stuff. It looks good. Let's see that here. Which one is this, Indestructible? Afterlife. All right. I don't know. If, can you zoom in on this, uh, Russ, if I hold it like that? Are you able to zoom in on that? Just give you an idea?
5: Yeah, that's Indestructible
1: Afterlife. Indestructible Afterlife. That's sounds, the one, that's the sounds one that Sounds like you brought out. somebody back from the dead. Me. Yeah. Well, you.
4: My character.
1: Yeah. The first Indestructible
4: <laughs> was made in 2009, and then this is the sequel, and he's still alive, and... All right. wreaking havoc
1: all right. comes back That's what's coming guys all right i'll pass that over part, part three is about to be made all right so you've done a lot of horror stuff all right.
5: basically all i do okay. is horror anymore because right. i tried to branch out and do sci-fi action yeah. but most times those movies don't sell as well you know it's the horror ones that are the ones that grab people's attention and you know
1: so when did you make your first million
4: Yeah, cuz you said you didn't have any money to pay me.
1: <laughs> wow, there you go. There you go. So you tell you tell me how uh, number 1 for people watching. Mm-hmm. You do a lot on a very low budget. What's the average budget you have for a movie?
5: Probably about 1,500.
1: Wow. I mean, that's pretty incredible when you think about it. Right. All right. How did you what kind of what kind of uh, camera are you using? Right now? You're shooting it on your phone using these that's and you know people are going to say really man it's really like hey they do that in hollywood now the, yeah right? nowadays because yeah, now yeah. you can shoot stuff yeah and it really Rick rick did some
5: did some lit research he was talking to some guys in new york and, and california making movies and they're like you guys are shooting some stuff on your phone he said yeah why and they were like that's the way everybody's doing it nowadays
4: now, indestructible Afterlife is the first one you done completely with, right, a, with an right. iPhone.
5: Indestructible Afterlife is the first one I shot completely on iPhone. It's the first, and well, it's not going to be the last, of course. The rest of my films are going to be the same way. But then the night comes, it started it, you know, because I was shooting with just regular video cameras originally at the beginning of the shoot, mm-hmm. and then eventually I realized how good a quality the phones were. They're awesome now, and mm-hmm. I was like, I was like. Why am I filming on this i
1: got this? Okay, so who's you your know. cameraman when you're not behind the camera?
5: Sometimes it's Rick, sometimes it's uh, Dwayne Ledbetter, and sometimes it's Buddy Campbell.
1: <laughs> Dwayne Ledbetter. Now, mm-hmm. that is a southern name. Oh, yeah. From <laughs> Mississippi.
4: I wanted to get him in here. wonder if you're from
1: Yazoo, Mississippi. <laughs> you know?
4: He's no relation to Marcelo. No, no Jerry Clower people? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so... Uh,
1: Tell everybody, again, the name of this movie. See, I'm, this one, I'm this big one on is, marketing, this too, brother. This
5: one is Then the Night Comes. Okay, it comes Then out, the Night Comes. comes out October
1: 29th. Order it on Amazon, mm-hmm. or, or uh, you can get it off of DarkNightFilms.com. Night, and then
5: next, in November, we'll have Indestructible Afterlife, the one you just saw the cover art of. Um, we'll have it ready for the November 25th.
1: Okay so when does everything start rolling for Roku?
5: Roku's already up. It's going. It's, it's got it's got all the past movies. Uh-huh. They're, they're all up there, you know, like I think there's like eight eight of them possibly right now on it. Um there's a ninth one still that I got to add to it. That is one of the older it was the last one that I finished before uh Mark of Death. I I'm I did a recut of it, so I was putting it up on roku that way people can see the better better edit of it <laughs> right,
1: there you go folks the, the movies are out there for your uh, benefit dark night films.com mm-hmm. you can also go All to right, imdb
4: forward. and look at look them up and see a full cast list of everybody that's in it you may mm-hmm. know somebody right. you can go yeah to, you
1: can look and find out what buddy looks like look
4: and, yeah. and see what uh i've got i like got about 80 pictures on my fa- on my imdb page and
1: all right. I look and forward to having gonna, you back and, on, buddy. And
5: everybody's going to be jealous of Lindsay because, like I've told her, she's gonna, she doesn't she doesn't buy it. She's she going to she, break. She, she does not. She's she going to
4: break through. She's the next Linnea Quigley. She, 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 she gonna, doesn't so. buy it,
5: but I said she, she can't take a bad picture.
4: All
1: right. I'm out, <laughs> I'm out of time. Don't
0: forget God gave you a
1: whole week of life. Give him an hour on Sunday. The Dave Ellswick Show. See you
0: Monday, 2 o'clock.